This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm John. And John, why don't you give everybody a little overview of your YouTube channel and your overall music career? Yeah, so um, my name's John. I have a band project called Fort Atlantic. Um, on my YouTube channel, you can generally find music videos and vlogs and other musical experiments. Uh, it's, it's one of my mini internet playgrounds um, that I try to to keep fun and interesting. Uh, but other than that, I live here in Portland, Oregon. I've, I've played music for a long time. I've had a lot of, uh, been very fortunate to have songs on television and, uh, it's been really cool. But for some reason, I also say that music is some music and video games have always kind of intertwined for me. So you'll, you'll, there's music videos that I've done with, with video games and things like that. So, uh, yeah, I just sort of do whatever I want to do and make music how about that <laughs> it's got a awesome. great uh, great video of him beating punch out on his youtube channel so definitely go that check a, that, that out. was a big day, big day. <laughs> <laughs> um also weren't you nominated for a grammy or first round of grammys we yeah we had a one of our videos was essentially in the first round of of it was nominated to be nominated if that oh makes okay sense. okay so, right. yeah you know yeah but, but anyway you could do that guys you guys we <laughs> I'll hook it up if you if you're interested. Get you get you a Grammy. There you go. They're, they they cool. hand them out these days. <laughs> um, so we're gonna be doing a little thing this week. We haven't done one of these before. We're gonna be doing a little giveaway um, on our Wednesday video. Um, we've got a copy of his Fort Atlantic, his latest Fort Atlantic CD, and we're gonna be handing that out to a, a commenter on Wednesday. We'll give you the rules on the Wednesday episode. Um, but it'll likely be you'll have to comment and then follow his Twitter account and our Twitter account to be involved in that. So I think that'll be what we'll do. Subscribe and, cool. and follow. Um, so more details to come, but look forward to that. Uh, John's probably sitting here like, he hasn't even bought it yet. How's he going to give one away? <laughs> <laughs> and it's we'll get there. A personalized note from the Crowcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> a personalized email. And, yeah, and fresh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and an apology from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, what's today? Today is a manic Monday. Wow, you are not enthused about manic Monday. <laughs> no, I haven't done it in the last couple of weeks, so might as well roll with it. Um, so we usually do a couple quick topics before we get into our main topic, but our main topic is obviously Travis Scott and Fortnite because that's insane. Um, mm-hmm. But quick topic, first one: Stadia has finally passed one million downloads. You know, it only took them. Almost six months. Um, it has forced all of the Google employees to download it. <laughs> yeah, that would get you there. Uh, Quibi had more. Quibi was that the name of it? It had more downloads in the first week. So I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Will and I have been very vocal. We we do not like the idea of Stadia um, personally. Yeah. We think XCloud is a much better product, at least from the the onset of it, and the way mm-hmm. they've kind of described what it is. And the beta is better than a full-fledged product of Stadia. So. I have not heard good things about Stadia. I have friends who have it, and um, I, you can find them right now on their Xbox. There you go. Um, and you actually, you have a friend in your in your uh, Fort Atlantic group that does video games, right, for a living, Deve- developer of some sort? Well, no. So Tim is uh, works for a company called Panic, and Panic makes software. They make like um, FTP software. And, oh, okay. Uh, Coda. There's one of their big ones is for that. But they have made. Um, uh, they've essentially made. The Panic has published uh, the Untitled Goose Game, uh, and Firewatch. Oh, nice. And they're also yeah, doing that good. small little the, the Playdate, um, which is this like small, tiny, handheld monochrome screen video game system that they have really cool ideas with um that yeah so they 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 are involved with gaming but tim mainly does web work for them oh okay cool i had seen a tweet about untitled goose game and i was like hmm 
yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, there, there's a lot of yeah. If I've, I get I get a few little juicy details before they hit the press, but <laughs> by, and by before mm. it's like thirty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? This is coming. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the, but back to the stadia. So they gave away two months for free, and I think that's yeah. how they got to their one million downloads. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I don't know how they would have got there. The, the service has reviewed very poorly, and there's not a lot of value to the service at this point in time. So no. not surprising it took them this long, um, but it, I, it was going to happen. It was an inevitability. Yeah, um, well, this their pricing model makes no sense. Like no. having to pay for the service and then have to pay a full price for a game you don't actually own because I can go get the same game. Because well, they're not newer games. A lot of them are older. You know, either pay sixty dollars in Stadia for a digital download, or go to GameStop, pay five bucks for a physical copy. Right. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I love the idea of streaming games. Uh, I think this is going to be interesting. And again, like you said with uh, Project X Cloud, that one to me excites me because mm-hmm. I prefer to play Xbox on my 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 TV. It's big and all the beautiful frame rates and all that stuff. But. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I'm a dad, so I, I can't necessarily play <laughs> some of the games in front of my four-year-old. So that having that opportunity to do something on like my iPad or my phone, like that to me is exciting. Google, I just don't think has been able to pull it off. But that's why I think Microsoft is, has secretly been working on the secret sauce for it. I'm excited <laughs> about hopefully getting my hands on that someday. Well, I love the fact that you can currently, if you have an Xbox in your living room, you can stream it to your phone as, as is. Using mm-hmm. um, what's that app you used for a while? Well, oh, oh man, I don't remember what's called now. I, I just looked at that. I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah. I don't have it on my phone anymore because I, right. I had it on my iPhone. Yeah, we'll switch to Android. So he's he's mm-hmm. done. He's done with the, I, the iOS. Yeah, it was it was basically the, I looked at it and was like, you have to have your your Xbox hardwired, and I was like, I can't. I'm out. Oh, I okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it works better if you have it hardwired. Yeah, it definitely does. But it worked really well. It, it usually would play like. I could get like four or five rounds of like a Halo game or something in, and then it just started cutting out. <laughs> so I'd have to restart it and do it again. But it worked great for those like you know twenty thirty minutes. So the um, speaking of streaming services, um, another streaming service that I think is completely misunderstood to both the general public and the businesses yes. that are partnered with it is the NVIDIA GeForce Now, um, and it's basically dead because the developers were asking for money. Um, and I don't think they really understood the GeForce streaming service is not a Netflix style service. It's like you already have games on Steam, and this essentially streams those games to any PC or phone or whatever whatever the app is on to allow like your gaming machine to stay in your basement. And then I want to play on my laptop upstairs. Boom, you got the GeForce thing. It's basically mm-hmm. like Steam Link, but slightly better. So. It's kind of weird that devs didn't yeah, really understand. And I heard that. it worked really, really well, too. So it's disappointing that all the big names started pulling their products. Like, Bethesda was the first, wasn't it? Yeah. They were all asking for a cut a cut of whatever the revenue was. It was a $5 service. So, like, NVIDIA was just taking the money to cover, you know, the basic operation of the, the service in general. They weren't taking money to, like, make it a Netflix of gaming. Because it's not like you were using games you didn't already own. It was all games you owned. Mm-hmm. So you were playing games that you owned over a streaming service that you paid for. Kind of a different concept. Kind of similar to Stadia, but not the same because you actually still own the games on your PC. Like physically downloaded. That's that's the big mm-hmm. difference. Um, so I'm not sure what the gripe was with the developers. Maybe they had some contracts with Stadia. I really don't know. But it's basically a, a dead service. At they this just point. want more money. <laughs> that's all it is. So on to the main topic. 
So Fortnite is now debuting music in-game with live events. And the, the Travis Scott event um, was really interesting because it set the record for the number of Fortnite viewers at one given time. 12.3 million viewers. All right, I can't imagine how many people were playing the game at that time, but 12.3 million people were watching people play that game to see the debut of the Travis Scott album, which is really, it's, it's crazy. I can't imagine that a world where that happens. And then I see this <laughs> article and I'm like, what? Well, the thing is, in all honesty, this makes total sense after it's happened. Oh, yeah. This would be the way 100%. that they're debuting a new album or a new, uh, new song. Because, I mean, same thing happened with every other medium. And video games just get more and more popular every year, even though if you hear a lot of people talk about it, it's like it's a dying industry, even though it's increases by billions each year. Um, so it makes sense that, you know, someone will see that trend and see a game like Fortnite that already has millions of players and realize that they can do something like this. Oh, yeah. There's probably I mean, I'm sure they definitely did a lot of their their research and, and market research and their demographics and stuff. But I do think that like Travis Scott is um, the, the closest I've seen him was as a Blazers game. And he was, you know, across the court from me and I was in the nosebleeds. But, but you know, so like but they but they that that world, the Fortnite world, which I'm I'm not a part of. I've tried, mm-hmm. but I, I think it goes hand in hand. They, they know their demographic very well. Yes. And I think that's awesome that they did that. So, I mean, we're talking about a, an industry music industry that's like again falling off in my opinion the, the the face of the earth because it lacks innovation this is innovation and this excites me um even you don't have to you, you don't have to like travis scott but you you have to see it and go okay that's really really cool and he got you know he had 12 million eyeballs on and ears on his new music i mean that's so mm-hmm. rad and he got virtualized into a Fortnite animation which is cool. <laughs> who, who, who doesn't want that <laughs> <laughs> um i have to ask you know are you planning to do a Fort Atlantic night? As in, like, split Atlantic in the middle of Fortnite? And... <laughs> it's it's crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, just using their font, essentially. There you go. Um, I, I've thought about doing something like that. The problem is uh, is that I, I, I'm terrible, terrible at Fortnite. I tried for a <laughs> while to, to, to get it, but then I just was... You know, at some point I just... You know, what was it they say in... Uh, and and was you know four I have a four year old so there's like a reference in cars where they're like how do you know when you're done and you're like the younger generation will tell you and I was like all right I'm out I can't do this so. dude I've seen that movie with my son who's almost three now and I know exactly yeah. what you're saying like, the Fortnite was that was my that was my way out I was like that's it I, they told me I'm done oh man that's funny um, you could just play the harmonica on the mic while people are. <laughs> Mm-hmm. While everybody else is playing, you're just like, I'm just going to play the harmonica back here. Yeah. Was it? What? I feel like Weezer did something at one point in a in a um, in a game, and now I'm not sure which one it was. Uh, but I, I feel like right. they they did a virtual concert in in, in something, maybe Second Life, or uh, let's see what it was. End of the game. Is that video game know. music account? That's not it. Game music festival. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably have to search yeah. the internet for a while to find it. Yeah, but there was they did they did a performance, and I've definitely heard of those things before. Oh, they actually released a video game. Oh wow! Called End of the Game. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I think it's cool, man. I think what Travis Scott did is uh, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Not you know, and he took advantage of an amazing situation and and, and went for it. And I think oh, that's yeah. like brilliant. It's yeah, a brilliant. This is the, yeah, it's a perfect time to do it. Everyone's online right now. Yeah. 
Yeah, everybody's online at home and has a lot of free time. It's true. Let's see if they let's see if I can find the video of it because I swore I saw it. There it is. There's the video. I just got Yep. I just got to make sure it's muted so we don't get the. Uh... Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get the, <laughs> the copyright ding. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. And actually, um, I don't know if you knew this, but our music before and after our, our videos is actually like produ- I produced that music specifically so that nobody would ever be able to ding us for yeah. <laughs> our intros and outros. If they try to, I'll just be like, well, I wrote this, so. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, well, yeah, using my, it's funny to use my own music, and then all of a sudden it gets copyright claimed, and I'm like, well, it came, <laughs> it came, it came from my brain. <laughs> but how, how is this possible? <laughs> do, you, do you ever, um, you've played Halo, right? So you, you know yeah. the, how great the soundtracks are on those games. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Marty O'Donnell posted a video in which his music was used and got copyright claims. You know, I have a weird, I have a weird Marty O'Donnell story that is is kind of stalkerish. Uh, but we were, we <laughs> yes, were, I was me. in, yeah, yeah, I was. So I live in Portland. Uh, we had friends in Seattle, and we were in Seattle. We were eating dinner, eating lunch or dinner at some place, just kind of randomly, not anywhere near like downtown Seattle. And all of a sudden, uh, here comes Marty O'Donnell, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm a massive. And I was like, Marty, and he's like, looks at me like. Am I about? Is this guy about to kill me? Like, who is this kid? And, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm, you know. Blah, blah. And he goes, you recognized me. And then at that point, I realized how weird it was. And I was like, all right, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I did recognize you. I'm a musician. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> but he's he was he took it all in stride. But yeah, he's 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 amazing. Yeah, Marty O'Donnell's one of the best. All right, I've got a couple discussion points on this Travis Scott video. We need to get through. Um, first one being. Um, what do you guys think the future of online live debuts of music in video games is? Is this, is this the future, or are we going to be seeing even more transformative type stuff in the future on top of that? Yeah, I think it's going to be more commonplace, but also I think VR is probably going to be where it's at for a lot of this debut stuff. So, like, you know, you put on your goggles and you, you can tune into a live, uh, you know, performance right from your living room. I think that's might be uh, might be where it's at. Yeah, I have to. I have to. I echo the VR. That I think is that. That's going to be the next, uh, the next step. In in a sense, this is kind of like an interactive music video, and that's been done before, but it, not to this level by any means. But VR, I think, will re- be a really true new experience for online performance and debuting music, and uh, I think that's going to be. I don't think we're far off from there, especially given the situation we're in now, where we're all stuck at home. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even be surprised if they start saying, like, you know, at the door when you get there, hey, wear a GoPro, get a free sweatshirt, and then people can view that for a $2 online ticket. Yeah, yeah. No, and that the uh, – I have I've looked at trying to do a VR stream from my studio um, is not – affordable <laughs> let's just start with that it's not affordable but it it's it's opportunity it's there uh, and i think whether or not we could do a stream is uh, is not really doable but making a video might be at some point cool very cool um the second question is fortnite so is fortnite still just a game like at this point is fortnite bigger than a video game is it like a community is it like i don't even know how to describe it at this point yeah, sadly, I have to admit that it's probably transcend the genre at this point. It's not so much of a, of a game as it is like a cultural movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people just go in there and hang out now. Like I, I was reading this article that they're not even shooting at each other anymore. They're just going there to hang out during this 
certain event that's happening around the world. <laughs> and now they're like debuting music in it. Like, what's next? I mean, people aren't even playing the game to play the game anymore. They're there to experience what's happening in, in like within the game engine. So, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's it's more than a game, and I, I hate to say that because I, I honestly really dislike Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's transcend uh, most other games. Yeah, it's definitely more than a game these days. I, it's it's when you see the. Um, when you see kids at like a basketball game on the jumbotron doing the floss dance and all these other things, <laughs> it's, it's just way more than it is a game, right? But it's kind of like football. It's kind of like sports where they are games, but they're so much more now. Um, they're, they're a source of community. They're a source of conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's kind of transcended just the game element itself and evolved into to something much bigger. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, especially when I see kids wearing Fortnite t-shirts and I ask them, you know, like, Hey, what is that? You know, because I didn't even know what Fortnite was until like probably a year or two after it came out. And I started seeing kids wearing t-shirts with Fortnite on it. And I was like, what? What is this? And I looked it up. It's like, is this free-to-play game? I'm like, free-to-play games aren't cool, are they? Yeah. You know, like, what? And it's now it's just way bigger than I ever thought it could possibly be. Like, yeah. it's like Minecraft big now, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, the thing is, I'm an, like an Epic Games fan, uh, so from you know, from the Gears games, mm-hmm. and I, you know, so I was following the development of this game, and when they launched the beta for the Royale version of it or whatever, I was following it, and then I played it, and I was like, "This is crap. This is not going to go anywhere." <laughs> and then it has that weird like building element to it, and then now it's just like, you know, luckily I, I wasn't investing in stock or making decisions off of that because I would have <laughs> felt really bad. <laughs> I guess the last thing to really talk about is um, what does that say that Fortnite's largest crowd to ever play the game or watch the game at once occurred during a live debut of music as opposed to some kind of gaming content? What does that say about Fortnite that to get the most viewers ever, it I wasn't think even it just, gaming? I really honestly believe that it still means that one, music is more relevant than people will give it credit for. And two, um, that it's these two worlds can combine and form something much bigger than than just like you know you probably have your gamers and then you probably had your travis scott fans and there's probably plenty of intersection but you have these kind of outskirts that don't play games mm-hmm. or you know so like and then all of a sudden you have this massive conglomeration of, of of people i think it's i think it's amazing i mean i, I really do I'm, I'm so i'm i'm jealous because it's such a cool idea even though I, there's no way i could have ever done anything like that but it's mm-hmm. so cool. You mean you wouldn't have it a is... giant, a giant animated John playing guitar in the middle? <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I've, you know, it, that hasn't gone over well. And I have a, the, one of those suits that you know the anime. I'm just going to shut up now. But yeah, so yeah, yeah uh, it's not gone over well at the house. Trying okay, to, trying to green screen it. <laughs> Well, yeah, you, this actually just reminds me of remember on the original Xbox and on 360 how you can actually import uh, different audio tracks into the game. Yep. So it's like it's kind of cool how you know we started off with something like that, and now you can actually go into a game and like someone's actually just debuting the music in the game for you. Mm-hmm. So you can like you know think of it like if you're in Halo or something, it'd be cool like you're off on like a Halo, you know, shooting aliens in one section, and you walk into another section, and you can, like walk into like a concert hall. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, like where is this going to go? It's kind of interesting to think about like how this is going to evolve. Yeah, and the other thing I want to say about it is I think that there's a the the internet has become uh, normal. 
and and what I mean by that is you would probably say a debut would be like on um, a, a Jimmy Fallon or a radio show or whatever for music. But now mm-hmm. it, the Internet is normal. Right. So it's it is considered, in my opinion, equal, if not greater than television. Uh, and so that that opportunity is is the norm and it will continue to be the norm for a long time until something else comes about. But like I think the, what we're seeing with live streaming and music and what we're seeing with um, Fortnite, obviously, I, it's it's just the beginning. It really is. Oh, yeah, totally. And I kind of prefer it that way because it gives more independence to the creators. Yeah. You don't have mm-hmm. to impress somebody like Jimmy Fallon or not, not that I wouldn't mind going on the Jimmy Fallon show. I'm totally I'm open to it, you know, but um, <laughs> uh, it does leave a lot more independence to the creators versus when you didn't have YouTube. It was like you had to find the right guy at the right time listening to your music to get noticed. What is that? Sorry, about, sorry. I live in the city. So someone's listening to Travis Scott as they drove by. <laughs> probably oh, no Co- copyright oh. <laughs> i think that was muffled enough nobody's gonna know what yeah. that was <laughs> i mean then the other thing to note um almost 20 million views on this video about the travis scott performance already that that's pretty quick you know that's mm-hmm. what five six seven eight days eight days right eight nine days somewhere in there anyways yeah that's that's quick that's cool mm-hmm um, I had one more thing. I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, oh, I have the other thing about crossing genres. This isn't the first time a musical artist has stepped into Fortnite. Just hasn't done it this big. But remember when Drake and Ninja played Fortnite together? Mm-hmm. Drake that obviously was, saw the writing on the wall with that. Yeah, and that was the first. That was the first big push for Fortnite, right? After you know that was where Ninja essentially became a, a somewhat of a household name for people who had no at idea. least follow video games but but that drake doing that that was essentially that was the first moment of Fortnite for me where i was like okay what is this <laughs> uh, so yeah but you're right that it, they crossed it just wasn't done in this capacity but it's definitely the the cultures are combining and yeah mm-hmm. so uh final thoughts anybody got anything else to add to this one yeah i guess i have a question when do you think Fortnite's finally gonna die <laughs> something's got to come out and beat it <laughs> something yeah. does yeah I do, you know everyone thought oh. it's not apex legends well it keeps like evolving like this i don't know like will it actually ever go away or like Fortnite in 10 years from now is going to be something completely unrelated but still going to be there right like world of warcraft right yeah, exactly. that was that that's not been beat and i mean maybe it has personal but as far as the culture important cultural importance of it world of warcraft is 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 it so Fortnite mm-hmm. is probably a similar category i think i think you've yeah. got essentially a um what they call a category killer Fortnite is the battle royale category killer mm-hmm. yep that you can't you can't go up against this game at this point in time and expect to take more than a certain percentage of a market share versus you're not going to get take the whole market by storm in this type of game Kind of like mm-hmm. Minecraft. Nothing is going to unseat Minecraft at this point in time. And I fully expect a Minecraft concert in the near future, Microsoft. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Maybe Oops. I could just go ahead and do that. i just do it anyway, right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Build a stage. Put your guy up on st- Dude, you should. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, I feel like it's doable. I, there, I will say out of Minecraft, I have explored doing visuals with Minecraft, and that's pretty it's a pretty. I love Minecraft. This is it's Legos. It's just Legos with a lot of options in my and opinion. And you can play it with your kids. Yeah, and you know, yeah, we build things in the creative mode. But that's the yeah, that's neither here nor there. I have considered it. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, so Travis Scott, Fortnite, pretty cool stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And we didn't tell you how we signed these off. Did you tell him, Will? Uh, Chris will say something. No, I have not. <laughs> All right, I'll tell him. All right. I'm just going to say I'm Chris. He's going to say I'm Will. You'll say I'm John. And then I'll say, and we will see you, and he'll say on the next Curlcast, and we'll be all good to go. So, okay. As always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. And I'm John. And we will see you on the next Curlcast. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. I'm Will. And I'm John. John, why don't you tell everybody about your channel? If they didn't hear about it on Monday, they'll hear about it today. Yeah, no, my channel is, uh, I'm a musician. I live in Portland. I have a band music project called Fort Atlantic. And on my YouTube channel, you can find music videos uh, and and other nonsense uh, vlogs, things like that. Just It's just another place for me to kind of have fun and uh, make things and share whatever I can do. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, and I've had a lot of fun, um, making cool videos and yeah, it's been, YouTube's been a wild ride for me and fortunately had songs on TV and that's really pushed a lot of stuff to, to the YouTube channel. So I felt really, really fortunate. Yeah. And if you've ever seen, (laughs) do I need to say it? Hi, I met your mother. (laughs) You've probably heard his music before. Yes. So just going to leave it right there. We'll talk about that more on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, we're going to be having a contest to give away one of his uh, mm-hmm. his latest CD to one lucky viewer. Give you more details on Wednesday. Today is Tuber Tuesday, um, so we're not going to be talking about Travis Scott again. We already did that on Monday. Go check that out if you haven't already. Um, we're going to be checking out um, a channel called uh, I'm going to say this wrong. Chad the Gaming Dad. There we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost said nice it wrong. There. Yeah, I know. It's because he's a dad. He gets it. Yeah. Good thing his uh, name is Chad. Yeah. Not like Bob or something. <laughs> <laughs> Bob. <laughs> yeah. Or I mean it could be Bob the gaming blob. That would be kind of <laughs> there you go. Bob, Bob the gaming uh gaming knob, I don't know. Um so anyways, dude's got 1.8 thousand so 1800 subscribers essentially. Um he created his channel on October 28th, 2014. He currently has 311,749 views and after I click one of his videos, he'll be up to 750 on the end of that. Um if you want to go check out his channel, I don't think he has a custom URL, but I didn't really, I honestly, I didn't, I should have looked a little harder. I, I couldn't find one anywhere on his social media, so mm. I wasn't sure what to test. Um, but what he is known for, his description here says, Chad, the gaming dad, this channel is dedicated to all the grown-ups that will never outgrow video games. Um, that's definitely what his channel is about, because he's obviously a grown-up, a dad, who still plays video games. Um, but some highlights of his channel. He does video game reviews from a dad's perspective. He does console reviews from a dad's perspective. Um, He determines whether a video game is worth your time, since most of you parents out there have limited time. And he's pretty down-to-earth, pretty relatable with YouTube introspective content, as well as just entertainment and commentary. Um, So that's kind of an overview of his channel. And, uh, John, I'm not sure if you've seen one of these Tuber Tuesdays, but we always go through and look at the first video they put out and then their most popular video just to give people an idea of what kind of content they have. So his first video he did was 
um, a video about the Alien Isolation DLC titled Corporate Lockdown. And it was a series he started calling Quick Look, where he was kind of giving a preview of something that people may want to go buy. So this is kind of his commentary, his quick look at Alien Isolation DLC Corporate Lockdown. Um, considering so it's, it's a game... Sort of like the buy, like, rent it, or whatever, however that goes. Like, don't buy, pick it up. Yeah, like it's, it's oh, similar yeah. to that, yeah. Of course, he, I don't think he was quite at that stage where he was doing the Fauner Run, which is what he called his series later on. Okay. Um, but considering this is a game that never really interested me a whole lot, I, I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch the whole video. Um, this game is great, though. Is it? Okay. <laughs> it is. If you like the Alien franchise, it's really it's really good. I like the franchise, but I've never been interested in most of the games, to be totally honest with you. I haven't either, but this one freaked me out. <laughs> <laughs> so his most popular video, I was kind of surprised by this, because it's actually, it's a not surprised that it's a good video, because it's a really good video, but surprised that he ended up covering this, because um, his channel doesn't appear to be the type of channel to cover this. Um, it <clears> was like a commentary on um, which version of the nes like this emulator raspberry pi emulator um the nes mini or the original nes has the best quality picture for playing these old games it didn't it seemed kind of out of place given the content he's been putting out more recently but Mm -hmm. i looked back and he has several videos similar to this um and this type of video would be a lot of work i have to imagine because you have to record the same gameplay on each console and capture that and then edit it all together just Thinking about it makes me, you know, want to just log off and stop doing YouTube because um, I just I wouldn't be able to do this right now with the amount of time I have. I, I'm surprised that that he was able to put something like this out. Although maybe he spent a long time on it, I really don't know. But it's a good mm-hmm. video and it really gives you the highlights of each version of the NES and playing this game in each different fashion. You know, the emulator, Raspberry Pi, the original NES, NES Mini. Because at some point in time, he actually shows you all four, so you can see the color. And mm-hmm. see how the, how different the colors show up on these different games. Like you see the flashing, they actually took that out in the NES Classic to prevent people with epilepsy from having a seizure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Smart on Nintendo's move, but um, yeah, that type of thing. So he was kind of comparing all those different um, stuff in a video, and it's it is really well done. I will say, I, I really yeah, I have. I, I really I saw that video and I really enjoyed it. And I have to say, I I didn't didn't think that there was going to be much of a difference. But when you when you look at it. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi is like really crisp and mm-hmm. deeper colors, and I don't know. And I have an NES Classic uh, Mini one, whatever they're called, uh, and I love it. And my son loves it, and we play it. And uh, but yeah, I kind of want a, a, a <laughs> Raspberry Pi now. <laughs> <laughs> they're nice because um, you know, if you can uh, acquire the ROMs for the games to play on the Raspberry Pi, um, no through, idea how to do that through um, a a legal re- avenue like downloading the games you own from the right, cartridges. Right, right, right. Yeah. It is the best mm-hmm. method. I'm not going to add... Own, I own a lot. I own a lot of them. <laughs> I believe you. Um, <laughs> here we go. So what we want to talk about now is what are some things we really enjoy about Chad, the Gaming Dad's channel? Will, do you want to go first or you want to go first, John? I think John should go first because I think he has some comments. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I think I really appreciate about it is the fact that he understands uh, the time is the biggest deal for 
for parents that want a game um because you're when you have a child your time is no longer yours uh whether it's as as wonderful and as beautiful as being a father is it's the greatest thing i've ever done that i don't have much time uh, and so when i am playing games i don't want to waste my time on something that's um that i'm just going to be bummed about so so he does that. I love his idea of the funner run. In the thing is, is when he did the Doom Eternal, I think it was Doom or Doom sixty four. I don't remember which one he was just recently did for Doom, but he essentially was like, "This is a fun game, except the platforming." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that would ruin it for me." So like, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Chad, because I had considered. You know, I, I love the Doom franchise. I love Wolfenstein. I love the what what uh, Beth- yeah Bethesda's doing with all the new stuff. Um, but yeah, so like, I love that idea, and he takes it from a perspective of okay, like he understands like he gets me <laughs> um but and, and the other thing i enjoyed was that there was a video this is i kind of have a beef with him because this is going to hurt my wallet mainly is that there's a his latest video is one about him building the one-up arcade machine mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that that was even something you could order uh, or, <laughs> and so like i spent last night looking at this going i think i could i mean uh, trying to justify getting the table to, like the, <laughs> The head-to-head like tabletop Pac-Man that I've always wanted. I was like, I can put it together, and you know. But he incorporated his kids helping him build that and going to arcades and stuff. So like, I get, I love it, I love it. But I am a little bummed about the fact that I'm gonna now be, have to spend a lot of money to, and and also have to explain to my wife why I'm building an arcade in my basement. <laughs> so yeah, I liked it. I thought it was great, and I I think it's really cool. I think it makes me happy to see someone doing something like that. There it is. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This this video is pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to have one of these in my basement, but I could never justify this to my wife. She would never yeah. ever buy that this was a good idea for me to get. <laughs> well, well, Chris, it could be a gift from me. <laughs> yeah, well, well, why is all this money missing from the account, huh? No. <laughs> I don't know. But we have. What I feel very fortunate about is I have kind of a separate music and business account that. <laughs> You know, it, I can loose, I can write off a lot of things. And so like, this is one of those. Just incorporate like, it into a music yeah. video. Yeah, you know, video. I need it as a prop. Yeah, or, or it helps the creative process. It really does. I actually agree. I do believe that. But <laughs> Oh, man. So, Will, um, what yeah. did you think looking at this? Yeah, it's very similar things. I, I like the overall concept of videos. And although I'm not a dad, I have limited time. And a lot of times when you listen to people review games, I don't. I just don't think they realize that there are very few people who actually can just do video games all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, you just go like the completionist. It's like, I don't have time to play any of the games that he recommends. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where's like my one hour game that I can put in like every once in a while? And it's like, uh, video like people like this, like actually like take t- time into consideration is very far and few between. And I appreciate that. And even though it's not really necessarily meant for me because I'm not a dad. Um, did you want me to jump into what I don't like yet? It's or... my, I got I got to go too, Will. Come on, man. Okay, yeah, it's your sure. <laughs> All right, so I do like it. I like how he edits it. I like his – this actually, I like that a lot, when he, how he incorporates his kid there. Um, but as far as his videos look very clean, uh, I don't like the fact some of his older videos don't have the same intro. I think he should go back and change that because it says, like, dad's games instead of, like, the banner that he has now. And I think that's slightly confusing how he changes it. Um, but other than that, I think his videos are pretty good. 
Do you know that if you change the intro, well, it, it's basically a brand new video and you re-upload it to YouTube, so it actually hurts his channel overall to uh, do that. You know, Chris, I, I'm just giving my suggestions. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. I mean, There's no I, right or wrong answer here, okay, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> you Anyways. used to be able to re- replace videos on YouTube, you, and, and you used to, but not anymore. Yeah, I, I'm aware of that time because I used to have channels at that time, and I, I used to do that kind of stuff all the time. I was like, it was beautiful, and now YouTube's like, nope, we're not very friendly to you trying to fix this. <laughs> yeah. I wonder like, what the perspective from YouTube is. Like, why did they change that? Uh, probably because there's a lot of bait and switch going on. I mean, uh-huh. more than less. You know, like, hey, we got a million views on this, and then you can sell that to, like, it's like selling an Instagram account. Like, you know, it's probably just money they couldn't, that they weren't earning to be honest yeah it, it, it is a problem because people used to get these viral videos and sell the accounts and then they replace that viral video with something else it's exactly what you're saying but they still allow you to yes. trim things out so yeah. that's nice i'm glad they left the trimming aspect mm-hmm. because i've had to use that several times when i realized after a video went live that i said something really stupid and i was like okay that's gotta go <laughs> chris keeps in my stupid comments though he'll, he'll take out his that's because people don't rage over your stupid comments i actually got a bunch oh of people gosh. raging about something i said in, about an age of empires game a while back and i was like yes, yeah they okay. were so <laughs> <laughs> i got the whole reddit account messed up anyways mm-hmm. um so what i appreciate about chad the gaming dad is I really appreciate that he incorporates handing down old consoles when he buys new consoles to the kids, because that's an idea I never thought about doing to get a refreshed version of a console and justifying it with the wife and kids. <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> I can see the wheels turning in your head. <laughs> but he got, um, when he got the brand new um, 3DS XL, the, he compared it to the old 3DS XL, and he talked about how, Sorry. as a dad, um, all these little gripes he had with the first model and how Nintendo vastly improved the new 3DS to take care of those gripes. Mm-hmm. And he went feature by feature and explained why he didn't like the original feature. But then he also said, you know what, but if you can still get this console for like 50 bucks, don't go buy the brand new one. You're gaming on a budget. You're a dad. Don't, don't go buy this brand new shiny console unless you want yeah. it, you know? And that's another thing I think a lot of reviewers are missing out on. It's like, just because it's a good $60 game doesn't mean everybody's ready to go drop $60 on a brand new game mm-hmm. every, you know, every day of the week especially. Because um, what's nice about a lot of the YouTubers that I do watch, though, is they're focused on one genre. So when they recommend a game, it's like once every time one of those games release. Like a Halo release, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. is this worth it or not? And they only release a Halo game, what, every like five years at this point? <laughs> yeah, at this point, yeah. There was a couple of years, it was every year. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, whatever they release with Halo, I'm just going to buy it. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to hate it. <laughs> but um, I do really appreciate his perspective on things. Like He's talking about, okay, so when I hand this console down with all these grapes, it doesn't affect my daughter because she's got different size hands than I do. And I was like, oh, yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Like This 3DS, while I might be bumping buttons and clicking things with my palm while I'm playing because my hands are pretty big, my kid won't because his hands are small or her hands are small, depending on what what your child's gender is or whatever. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter to them because they're just playing a game. And at the end of the day, us being upset about the sound going up and down while we're playing probably doesn't matter to a child. <laughs> like, I really wanted Duel of the Fates to be in and out while I'm playing Star Wars on my 3DS. That really sounds great when Duel of the Fates is like, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so they moved the volume marker. I was like, I was like, wow, that's something I hadn't even thought about. But I actually own the new one. I don't own the old one. So I was just happy to hear I got the right model. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to move on to some things that we, um, we, we think he could improve or, you know, critiques of his channel. Some things that uh, may, maybe not perfect, you know, that kind of a thing. So why don't we have John go first? He was raring to go. <laughs> well, the big thing was my wallet and the, the <laughs> one-up arcade machine. But I, my, I would love to see him uh, be a little bit more consistent. And that is also a very, very um, easy thing for me to say who doesn't make YouTube videos. That much, you know, like, and the, <laughs> is it that? So, you know, I, I wish he could be more consistent. Maybe that would be the, the way I could say it. But I totally, Chad, I understand. I feel <laughs> you, bro. I feel you, man. That, that being said, did you subscribe? Um, no, I need to right now, actually. <laughs> I, I even thought about that last night. I was like, oh, I need to subscribe to this guy. <laughs> I really, I truly enjoyed his, I truly enjoyed his videos and they're really well done. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I just wish it could be more consistent, but I, you know, I get it. I'm not, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna throw him under the bus for that. When, when YouTube's not your main job, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And then when, when YouTube becomes your main job, then you become one of these ivory tower video game <laughs> journalists too, who has, who has all day to play a, a, you know, animal crossing. So there you go. Yeah. I, I want to see the completionist complete animal crossing. I bet it's not <laughs> possible. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, man. what do you got? So, I mean, I echo all those points, and I think the only other thing that I would say is I would like to see, like, an entire series of, like, what game should I hand down to my kids? Like, what game should I start them off with, and what console should I start them off with? I mean, we're going to have, we have, like, you know, we represent this entire generation of kids that grew up with games, and we're handing them off to our children now, whereas, like, my parents and my dad... He never really played games, and every time he sits down and looks at it, he's like, this makes me dizzy. How do you play this? <laughs> so, I mean, I'll, and he like, he taught, taught me how to play baseball. So, like, what games should I teach my kid for kids to play, you know, other than just Halo? <laughs> <laughs> Which the is going to also The other thing he could mention about in this series is also when it's okay to finally let the governor off in Mario Kart and let your son know <laughs> who's, the, who's the boss. Because <laughs> I have to wait a full lap before i can even start now <laughs> so my the funny thing is if it was my dad he would just beat me every single time he would never let me win so we play checkers or chess or anything he always beat me and he's like this is a life lesson you gotta get better <laughs> nothing will be handed to you <laughs> this, my, we, this is the the thing during this this whole what we're in right now this kind of staying at home they, but what my wife has become we do a mario kart night after bath like and and she doesn't hold back. And I'm like, I can't. Uh. <laughs> She's just, I'm, I'm jealous. Anyway. <laughs> I my, my dad wouldn't have let up either. He, uh, he even, so we let him play easy mode on Guitar Hero. And uh, <laughs> he would be our but Even though we are playing on Expert and he was playing on easy, he would let us know, like, I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so what I think that uh, Chad, should, Chad the Gaming Dad should really do with his channel um, I think it would be cool to see some more of his introspective on gaming as a dad videos. I actually really appreciated his what if video games never existed video. I thought that was a really cool take mm-hmm. on his life with video games and, and what, what it has been as far as impacting his life and where what he would be doing if he wasn't, right? Like he's a creative type of guy who knows what he would have done otherwise. And then I think that's a cool series to do. Like my li- my life as a gaming dad, you know, like, my kids brought this up to me the other day or something like that. Like 
I've been playing this game and my kids are like, well, what if this or what if that? And as a dad, you're like, oh, I didn't even think of that, you know, like, and then he can do a video on that. I don't know. I just think the introspective videos are cool and it could maybe subsidize his time when he's not doing these other type, more long form let's play slash review type videos. Do an introspective video once a week. It's probably a lot easier to do other than the prep because um, mm-hmm. it's just a one shot into the camera. Tell everybody mm-hmm. how you feel about something. Um, I've, I've learned that commentary uh, where you're not actually having to necessarily do all the artistic stuff behind it, like all the editing that we don't have to do anymore because we do this podcast. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's real easy to put out that content as long as you have something to talk about. And that might be something to supplement his channel with. I really appreciated that video. So, I, I was very, I was actually really inspired by his video to consider when I do get the YouTube stuff kind of back on the on the treadmill. Like, how can I incorporate gaming as a dad as well? So, you know, it was inspiring to me to see him doing that. Yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Anybody else got anything on that? Nope. Okay. No. So, what are our predictions for his channel going forward? I think it's a passion project and it's going to, it's going to continue to grow. Uh, I don't know if it would explode or anything either. Cause who knows what YouTube is thinking about anything ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think it's, I think you, what you can see is that he does this because he loves it. It's not something that he's like, you know, trying to make a career. This is a, this is something that he loves. And so whether or not it explodes or it doesn't explode, I think he's going to just keep going because he's, he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. But you will, what do you think? Yeah, I agree as well, but I, I think he has a really interesting concept here, and as more and more of our generation has kids, they're going to be looking for, potentially looking for content like this, or this content will be interesting to them, and I, I think he's just going to grow. I think he, I don't know if there's other people who are like this, who try to give like a dad's perspective, at least this is, is new for me, I didn't even think about this until Chris recommended this guy to me, I'm like, oh, this is, this is genius. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so, I have a little secret to tell then. Um, okay. when I messaged John originally about setting up this podcast and I asked him, Hey, what we usually do a two for Tuesday segment. What do you, what do you think? What do you want to see for us to review? And he goes, I need a gaming channel about dads. Yeah. And I scoured YouTube for like probably three hours to find Chad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he's out there letting us know, you know, letting, <laughs> let me know I'm not alone. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think it would be that hard to find, but it actually is like, Chad, you are doing it right. I love your channel. I predict you'll hit 2,000 subs at least by the end of this year. I'm about to go right now. <laughs> Do you hear that? You got another sub, okay? Right now. Mm-hmm. We got we got John convinced, and we subbed already. <laughs> I think we were the yeah. ones that brought you to 1.8 from the 1.79 when I originally looked at your channel. So <laughs> you're welcome. And I hope. <laughs> you're welcome. I hope at least 50 of our subs will make the, will make the uh, plunge and also sub to your channel, so that'd be cool. So challenge to all my subs, you know, Go sub to this guy. He's cool. If you're yeah. a dad out there, definitely do it. Final thoughts. Anybody got anything else to say? Nope. I would change the color on his banner to something more vibrant, but that's just personal. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. <laughs> and I'm Will. And I'm John. And we will see Make you. Make red. <laughs> see you
This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm John. You saw my face right there. <laughs> this is, uh, what's today's segment, Will? It's a Wild Card Wednesday. <laughs> and for this Wild Card Wednesday, we're actually doing something a little different. Um, we're going to be giving away uh, Shadow Shaker Volume 1. Since the volume two is not out yet, right? Full disclosure, you're not. It's you're not, not out. <laughs> how, but how, it's but it's it's happening. I mean, I was literally working on this right before I signed on here. Okay. I'm working on it for yeah. And we're no, close. I was gonna say there's no chance you're probably gonna give us a date, but we're close. No, right? absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so Shadow Shaker Volume One. All right, it's got his song that was nominated for a Grammy on it. Nominated for a nomination for a Grammy. However, you, however you said that, bathed in sunlight. Um, and uh, before I steal the whole show, why don't you tell everybody about your channel and about that album so they know what they're getting into if they go into this contest? Yeah, no, the, the so Fort Atlantic is something I started back when I was in living in Alabama um, and before I moved out to Portland. And, we, you know, I had friends out in, in Alabama that would help me. But then when we came out here, it became more of a band. Uh, I have Evan who plays drums and Tim who plays bass. And then um, we have other people that kind of come in and out. Um, Gus and Anna, they're great people. But it, it's mainly that's the core trio for now. And most of the time it's me working because – they all have jobs. Everyone has jobs. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to to keep my doors barely open, um, <laughs> but but fortunate enough to do that. So, uh, but yeah, that's um, that's it's just a it's a cool it's a fun music project for me. It's it's based off of a lot of songwriting, folk folky kind of things, uh, but then I have kind of evolved into more of a sonic Wilco War on Drugs place that I really in my morning jacket. Those kind of places that I really really enjoy. And my my YouTube channel is is kind of an experimental place for me and that's the way i've always seen it it's it's a playground it's for me to make um whatever i want to do uh there's there's no um necessarily there's no necessarily like agenda to it it's just if i want to make an instrumental thing i just make an instrumental thing um and i'm excited about getting back into it after i finish this record yeah i'm really (laughs) excited to hear it so (laughs) definitely shoot me a tweet when you're ready to release it because i will share that (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um so we're going to be giving away Shadow Shaker Volume 1. What you got to do to enter this contest is subscribe to both our channel and his channel. If you're not subscribed to ours, I'm not sure why you're watching this video, but, you know, whatever. And then subscribe to his channel and then follow both of our Twitter accounts and leave us a comment. Tell us you did that. I'll just trust you. But yeah, we'll, please do. On, honor system. <laughs> please do that. We're not using, we're not going through like any kind of weird service or any of those third parties. This is directly me. I'm going to be sorting through and doing one of those random comment selector things online. I've seen them. I know they exist. I'm going to use one of those. Um, just make sure you leave a comment. Tell us you did that. Um, and you'll be entered. And we'll reach out mm-hmm. to you on Twitter or uh, whatever, whatever is the easiest way to get a hold of you. And we'll email um, some way for you to download the music. All right. But full disclosure. We will be buying it ourselves and then sending it to you. <laughs> so that's how that's going to work. We're going to support the band. Yeah, right. thank you. Thank you. Um, second thing, today is our Wildcard Wednesday segment all about John and his channel. So we're going to be doing our interview series, continue this on, conversations with the Krillcast. Today is all about John and Fort Atlantic. Fort Atlantic. Mm-hmm. I almost said Fort Atlantic. That's, a- that's okay. Uh, some people <laughs> think it's Ford. Ford, Ford Atlantic, like it's some sort of like old muscle car from the. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) All right, Will, why don't you ask him the first question? All right, first question. Uh, What inspired you to start your YouTube and Twitch channels for your music? Um, I am I am always constantly thinking about what's next, Uh, and in the same way when we talked about Travis Scott earlier, like 
those kind of conversations are the ones that and those questions and those problems are the ones that really uh, outside of what can I do with this song? Those are the ones that excite me is what can I do? That's interesting and new. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so YouTube for me was when, when I, I stumbled onto probably, I mean, he's actually one of the biggest YouTubers, uh, Casey Neistat. I, I, I stumbled onto his channel a few years ago. Uh, and I just was like, this is amazing because he's sharing his life. He's telling a story, but he's also doing in a sense what touring used to do. Uh, touring was mainly because mainly so you could remind people that you existed and that you could, <laughs> you know, and, or you could in, get introduced to, to new people. And so he, he did this great thing with his daily vlog. I still have yet to find one that was that, and that's, that's inspired me that much. But so YouTube, I, I just thought, what if I, I can't tour as much as I used to, I'm about to have a kid and all these things. So I was like, what if I started making vlogs kind of ex just sharing who I am, what I do. And, um, <clears throat> And and exploring different topics and how music can kind of involve that. Twitch for me, Twitch is the platform for musicians and uh, whether well, okay, I don't know if it's Twitch per, per se, but but gosh, <laughs> the the live music like a live stream that is what music musicians do and what they need. And you know, for a long time, I mean, you you know, comedians have had podcasts and gaming have had podcasts and mm -hmm. uh, the musicians. We really haven't had much of a platform since MySpace. You know, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> mm -hmm. and so like live streaming is is definitely a where we can shine because that's what we do. You know, that's what we we should be doing. So I I just explored it um, and wanted to see if I, gosh, I don't remember. I did one live stream years ago. From uh, I don't even remember the name of the site. Ustream maybe at that point. Yep. Or Justin, yep. Justin TV or you. Anyway, and I loved it. But you know, anyway, I think the technology has come a long way, and I think that the the interaction, again, when I said earlier, the, the internet is normal now, right? Like, so this is not a kind of a weird niche thing. Like, this is the new norm. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just was like, this is cool. I want to do this, and I want to 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 explore what it looks like to be. Uh, to do live streaming and, and when I can't go out on the road, which is often. So can yeah, just, that's uh, what inspired me. Can we just pour yeah. one out for MySpace real quick? You know? Yeah. <laughs> there was a, uh... sorry, go on. No, there's sorry. There was, there was a pitchfork article. I'm not a big pitchfork fan. Just to, I'm not one of those guys, but there, there was an article or a video and, and it was really great because they essentially were saying exactly what I was saying. Like, this is uh, MySpace was probably the best platform for musicians. I think now live live streaming can be if it if if they do it right. And Twitch is making the right moves and hiring the right people um, to to build that program. So I'm excited about it. Hey, can I just say I love the little edit you put in this video where you had um, Jeff Bezos, Tom Petty <laughs> and Bob Dylan in your chat here. <laughs> that that is pretty much just my that's my YouTube channel. It's just what <laughs> what makes me laugh. <laughs> what am was, I doing? Where, where are those things? It was so subtle. Like if yeah. you're not paying attention, you wouldn't even notice that you had that in there. I was like, <laughs> just started, <laughs> I started laughing. I was like, okay, I can relate to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so being that we've just talked about MySpace, did you have a MySpace channel? Oh my gosh, yes. Was it I for John Black? One. It was for John Black, but I mean, I don't know if does it pull up on archive? Is archive.org do that? I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> does MySpace actually exist still? Mm, sure. Oh, if I put a dot in the dot com there, that would work better, right? Yeah. Let's oh my see. gosh, it does exist and it loads horribly. 
<laughs> what is so, yeah, this? I did. And that was when I was living in South Carolina. I was very much a singer songwriter at that point, learning how to write. And I loved, I loved it. MySpace was cool, man. MySpace was the was the first opportunity where you could see what was possible on the internet with music. Yeah, I had, a, I had my first failed launch at a music career on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, I don't know. We'll see how tomorrow goes. I might have, you know, have a, a failed music career too any any day now. So. <laughs> Me and Chad, the gaming dad, are going to be hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, collab stream. You and Chad, the yeah. gaming dad. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. I'm, I'm in. There you go. Um, second question. When did you decide to add the vlog portion to your YouTube channel? It was right before we we were wrapping up the um, the project of, the, of Shadow Shaker Volume 1. Um, I was in kind of a record label limbo uh and music industry limbo and i was like i i'm just gonna i need to make something i need to create something um i have a problem that i dive in like full on so i just completely dove into youtube and vlogging and storytelling and uh and that was really gosh that was what 2017 might have been the first vlogish let me see you're rolling through it two years ago three years ago that's number nine so let's see yeah, it was the first one was How to Live Forever, yeah. So three years ago, 2017, is that what it says? Uh, yeah, three years ago. Yeah, so that was that was the um, that was the initial – oh, look at that. I'm in a different space in the same room. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but that's – yeah, that was, uh, that was the initial thought was like this is a really cool way for me just to connect with people. And that's what music has always been for me is a way to connect with people. Yeah, I thought your um, live stream with the Twitch where you talked about that. And maybe we're going to be talking about that later. Maybe I shouldn't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about that. Okay, then I'm, gonna, I'm not going to spoil it. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> More to come. Um, yeah. <laughs> Will, why don't you ask that next question then? All right, next question. Uh, what is the favorite song you've written, and what is your favorite song that you didn't write? This. So, I love all my children. I guess <laughs> I, I think one of the ones that I'm really, really, really proud of is, is bathed in sunlight um, just because of the simplicity of it and the impact that that song had on a lot of um, a lot of people and and how far it went in that community of what the song's about. Like with, it's about essentially a short story. It's about a, a gentleman who spent most of his life on death row um, and eventually got out of prison. And when he left prison, he said, the sun does shine. And I was just like incredibly moved by that. But um, that, and that went all the way to him. He, he heard the song um, and That's then, cool. uh, which is really cool. And then it also went to other very big people in the social justice world that, um, I immediately started feeling like an imposter because I, I didn't do it as, as a social justice thing. I was just actually really moved by the story and wanted to tell it. Um, mm-hmm. And so Bathed in Sunlight might be my favorite that I've written. That or There is Love, because that one is really, really a, just kind of sums up the end of my day most of the time, just kind of hopefulness. Um, so those two, yeah, as far as the song I didn't write, oh my gosh, what? I mean, like, every Tom Petty song. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I think that would be, uh, Tom Petty is one of my favorite artists, so um, I think Wildflowers would be one of them. Um, and uh, the, then even more modern stuff, though, I think, like, um, gosh, like the War on Drugs, Lost in the Dream record, I 
can't i mean that's like oh so really great um if you haven't heard that record it's beautiful i wish i'd written that entire thing they were <laughs> and that was a really big inspiration behind shadow shaker volume one um most of uh, yeah all of radiohead <laughs> you know and wilco i mean i could keep going but yeah. yeah there's there's songs that i keep coming back to would would probably be um paranoid android from okay computer uh, is just massive and amazing. Was that the one you uh, tweeted about that your son didn't want to keep listening to? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there was something I was listening to, and I was, he was like, I don't want to listen to this anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> you will listen to this. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's a lot of, you know, a lot of that stuff I, 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 is, is something that I've, yeah, gosh, Radiohead and Tom Petty, it's kind of a weird I don't know intersection, but it's where I live. <laughs> what's uh, what's the first sign that comes out when you hop in the car? Oh, some often it's often to be honest. Well, okay, are we talking like is this like my uh, this is the song I walk out to when I'm playing baseball, or am I, is this the like <laughs> yes. if I if I have to go on a road trip or something? If I have to go on a road trip. Oh. Um. That's tough. Let me open up iTunes real quick while I'm thinking about this. <laughs> um, but I do say that I do work a lot with audio, and so often in music, and so often whenever I am in the car, I'm not necessarily. Ex- I don't listen to music as much in the car um, as I do just like NPR or something or podcasts or things like that, just to kind of Break give my palate. Yeah, just give my palate a, a, a different you know, break pretty much. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, just the you bring up something really so interesting. Good. though. I'm going to pull up my iTunes real quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to show you an interesting stat on my iTunes account. Okay. Bring it. <laughs> Got to go to the top. Where is this thing? There's the bar. Okay. I thought it had it on here. Doesn't it have it? Oh, there we go. 1,140. Wow. <laughs> I am impressed. I know. That was like literally. I, I am impressed. There's part of me that I think maybe I've, I might be the only person that's heard that song that many times. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, I just want to give you the actual background on that. Like when I tell you my wife put it on every time we'd get in the car, I mean it every time. That's awesome. That is cool, man. And I, and I do love that. I love that. Just whatever, I, you know, things I make, these little bottles that I throw into the world to see if I'm not alone, they find their way into people's lives. I, I'm into it. So I'm glad that it's there in your car. There you go. Um, so what was your favorite or most fun to shoot music or vlog? And even it could be a Twitch stream. Yeah. So I think the, the, one of my favorite was the bathe in sunlight video because that was the really came down to a very simple idea. Uh, and, and that to me is really important in, in all storytelling, but also in, in, even in gameplay, like if you can make it simple and make it good, then it's going to last for a long time. Um, and so that was my whole point was, okay, let's just make a simple video, one shot, slow motion. Um, it took a while to figure out the math because I'm a musician, but I finally got the math and how to how fast I needed to get the audio and 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 stuff like that. Um, that was probably that's definitely one of my favorite. I'm really really proud of that video. Um, the punch out video that we can talk about in, in a little bit is is was also really great. And as far as the vlogs go, the for me just the one that makes me laugh the most is the little Debbie vlog, um, where. <laughs> 
<laughs> because that was us really just messing around with little Debbie because we weren't really I you know they were doing some sort of like hey be a little bit little Debbie ambassador and I was like yes this is great I'm gonna <laughs> do this and like I just started throwing all this weird stuff out at them and they loved it <laughs> and I was like oh no <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, but they uh, they were great, and they actually I actually did I made a video like an internal video for them where essentially I told the CEO I was coming for him, and like like all these things they were really really had a really good a good spirit about it. So they you know we uh, enjoyed that video, and the whole thing just makes me laugh the fact that I, they actually like called me and were like, "Would you like to make more videos for us?" So anyway, yeah, you're like, "Yes, I will." Yeah, absolutely. And they sent me all this. They sent me so many free. Oh my gosh, they sent so many, so many little debbies. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't eat them all. We were gave we gave them away at one point to like bands we were open, like we were playing with around town. He's like, here, here's some little debbies. I'll sign the box for you. Yeah, yeah. but that was a lot of fun. Yeah, they, and and um, I didn't think that they would. I thought they were just going to be like, oh, look at this stupid kid and <laughs> the stupid guy in Portland making fun of us. Um, <laughs> no, they liked it. So I was like, all right, well, let's do it. Let's see what happens. <laughs> and I would ask you about that other thing on Twitch, but I think we got a good question for that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will, um, you, you got the one? next question. Yep. Uh, do you prefer YouTube or Twitch? I prefer right now. I prefer Twitch. Um, I prefer Twitch mainly because it's live, and that's what music is. Even though, granted, you know we're not in the same room. That live streaming will never replace a live concert. But for now, given the circumstances we're in as a as a world, uh, um, it, it's the closest thing we can get, and it's live, and that's where musicians can excel. Um, mm-hmm. And so that to me is exciting, but it's also like real time interaction. Um, I always talk about the post show merch hang, um, where <laughs> you know I, we play the we play the show, and then we can go back to the merch table and we can say hey to people and meet people and hear their stories and hear how the music's affected them or whatever you know how they came here. Um, the the Twitch is very much the same way; it's just a different medium of of conversation, uh, and but it is real time. YouTube, I, 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 well, Twitch also I think in my opinion still has a. a um, an element of discovery to it where YouTube I think is just, I don't, I don't envy YouTube because of all the stuff that people upload. Like I I get their job has to be, they have to have an algorithm. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, I think that sometimes they don't, um, they lean too much on being a search engine than a, than a, 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 a place for people to make interesting things. Uh, so YouTube, I, I enjoy it. I, I love making these vlogs and I absolutely will continue to do things soon. Um, I already have like a <laughs> list of like episodes I want to make for the next stuff. And then, but it, for me, Twitch is, is, is my favorite at the moment just cause it's, it's just way better for the times we're in. Yeah. And, um, it's so much easier to hop on Twitch, especially given that you can do all your music by yourself with the harmonica yeah. and the guitar. Boom, yeah, you got yeah, New York yeah. New York lights going on. Um, I have to imagine if it was a full-on band, especially in the current time we're in, it'd be a lot harder to do Twitch as a as a group. It 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 yeah, absolutely right now. That's for sure. Um there there's just no good way to do live performances in different houses across. We've we've explored every option to do sort of like to be on the internet at the same time playing music, but the lag is just too much. Mm-hmm. Um and so, yeah, that, but then also we can't be, and this is like a, 
you know, 19 by 10 room. So like <laughs> we can't, we can't be in here together. I don't know where they, what these guys are doing anymore. No, I haven't talked to them in forever. We're not even friends anymore. Um, <laughs> where's that? Uh, <laughs> where's the Christmas video film that, that, uh, was it Bruce Springsteen? I, I'm trying to remember. You guys did a oh, no, Christmas? That, yeah. Yeah. The Christmas video that was here. Yeah. This That's was, that I was filmed here. Yeah. Um, the, uh, it was uh Brian Adams song. Which Brian is Adams. Tim, I don't know why I said Tim is, Tim, our bass player is, is definitely the, um, he, I call him my partner in weird. We, we come up with, he just, he, like, I'll, I come up with an idea and he takes it to the next level and I'm like, yeah. And so whenever we got to get in the situation where he's like, we should do, he wanted to do the, there's a reggae Christmas song from Brian Adams. I was like, we can't do that, but we can do Christmas time. <laughs> you know, so, um, that's Tim over there. He's you know, with the, I'm pointing at the screen. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, that, <laughs> that was, uh, Tim's awesome. And so is Evan, but that was, yeah, that's just this kind of the stuff that we enjoy doing. It's, fun and for things like youtube those kind of videos make make perfect sense and we will do live a full band stream eventually when everyone gets back to normal but um for now the the youtube is is really good for that kind of stuff and you've seen a lot of people doing this zoom or Mm -hmm. editing their parts whatever however they're doing it but yeah they both offer cool things twitch for me just plays more to the musician's strength um, which is performance and uh, interaction versus storytelling is and storytelling, but YouTube is YouTube's just hard to navigate and it's a lot of work <laughs> and it's it's a lot of lot a lot a lot of work to make those videos and then to feel like it just kind of is thrown under Fortnite videos or something, you know, the Fortnite <laughs> bus. It's just it's just a lot of work for you know. I can't continue to do it all the time is what I'm trying to say, but I do like YouTube. I think the the biggest way to, that I would describe Twitch versus YouTube is Twitch is more of a live show mm-hmm. and YouTube is more of like an encyclopedia of videos. You yeah. can go find what you're looking for, but it's mm-hmm. not always being played and it's not live usually. Yeah. And the, and Twitch is also more authentic, in my opinion. What you see, what you see is what you get, man. There's no like fancy. You don't. I mean, you could obviously do a, a real deal, super awesome broadcast, but no one has that money outside of the big big studios and stuff. So like, what you see is what you get, man. These are real people. This is in their real houses, and these you hear all my bad notes and me forgetting <laughs> lyrics and like things like that. You don't see that on YouTube, and that's uh, same with like Instagram, right? You see like kind of the best. Of, of people versus Twitch, yeah. you kind of can see some of the flaws, and that's what <laughs> makes interest. That makes that's what makes us human. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. It's more of uh, uh, the word I would describe it as is ephemeral. Yeah, that's how I would just like, kind of how Snapchat, you know, it's there and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's actually how they described Snapchat when they marketed it. They said ephemeral um, messaging. It's like, hmm, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, what are your favorite video games? Um, I'm a big fan of the Halo series, uh, and, um, the Halo, (laughs) Halo one through three for me is, is I try to play through them once a year if possible. Um, I think we said the ODST, will you enjoy ODST? I did too. Um, I don't have as much time to go through that one. Halo four and five and reach. They were fine. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Halo five's multiplayer was actually really fun. Uh, Yeah, I agree. It is very uh, fun. So yeah, so I'm a big fan of Halo at the moment. Um, Gosh, I am uh, it, Animal Crossing and the <laughs> Switch. I love the Switch. It's perfect for dads, I think, because I can like pick it up and I can play for a few minutes and 
then I can put it back down and ask mm-hmm. where, and just ask people, where did my son go? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they have, you know, I can play it in bed versus, you know, a full Xbox. It's just way easier for my life mm-hmm. right now. So I love the Switch. I think it might be one of my favorite consoles of all time. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know where to start with those favorite consoles because <laughs> that would be like the Dreamcast and. Uh, Shinmu is one of my favorite game series that they just reissued, and I'm excited about diving into those again. Um, uh, yeah, gosh, I don't know, man. Yeah, <laughs> Halo. Let's just go with Halo. I'm going to say that's my favorite video games. We'll call it there. There you go. We, well, we we are officially a Halo podcast because everybody that comes hey, on yeah. here loves Halo. <laughs> it's so it's cool, I've been trying to convince you this for months. <laughs> I, I when I was in college, I played. I actually did not buy an Xbox until I finished college because I knew that I would not finish college <laughs> if I had Halo. And once I finished, I immediately played so much Halo. And, you know, that was when, what was X, XB Connect? That was the first, like, it was kind of like a, uh, um, uh, whatever, Wi-Fi, Ethernet, networking hack that lets you play online with people. I've heard a lot of um, people use that. Yeah, it was, but that was before it, right? You know, Xbox Live eventually came out and they crushed it. But, and, and rightfully so, that's a great service. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, I did all of the, um, the rocket launcher tricks. I did, <laughs> I went and found all of the places I could climb up, you know, break out of the board. I knew how to get out of Blood Gulch. Like it was, I could do it, man. I loved it. And, and me and my friends played way too much of it. And I don't, re- <laughs> I don't regret a minute of it. <laughs> do you think the uh, original Xbox might be your favorite console then? Um, it it has a very special. I would say probably, um, probably because you got to see at that point you got to see kind of the the new world meshing with video games in the sense of like, um, you know, you could upload your own music to that, and you could play, you know, hear your own music while you're playing, or uh, and then you also had the <clears throat> the Xbox Live setup that that came out of there, so. Yeah, I would say the Xbox probably is. Currently, the Switch is, uh, owns me. Um, and uh, the Dreamcast has a special place in my heart, too. I think um, the only thing with the Xbox that happens, kind of kind of on a negative note, is its significance diminishes every time Xbox has backwards compatibility with the next console. And so yeah. people kind of forget, like, oh, yeah, the Xbox was really cool. Well, I can still play those games. You know what I mean? So people are like, oh, yeah, the Xbox. But it yeah. really was such a cool... Yeah. But to be fair, I still Console. think even though a lot of the games are backwards compatible onto Xbox One now are slightly visually enhanced, um, I still think it's better to play on the original Xbox. Just like having the boot up screen, having the weird like alien talking in the background, which is apparently <laughs> actually like a NASA recording or something. Yeah, it is. Oh, cool. Yeah, and uh, then just I don't know the whole UI screen and again like being uploaded to your music and stuff was great. Yeah, having, I, I do. The Xbox was cool, man. It really was cool. Having the nuclear flubber in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and let's not let's not forget the Duke, here. right? The Duke was like the big <laughs> controller, like that guy. I so, love that controller. It People was like, amazing. It was so much hate. I don't understand it. It's a great controller. You think it's going to be awkward at first, and then you play yeah. it, and you're like, "Oh, this makes this is well, this is perfect." Yeah, I went from the N64 controller to the Duke. So, like, the Duke okay, was, okay. was an upgrade. Okay. <laughs> that weird three-pronged thing. Did you did you buy the new Duke? 
No, I wanted to, but then I just realized I don't play this video Xbox as much as I can, so I don't. I couldn't justify it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought about. I almost bought one. I ended up getting a 360 controller instead because I prefer the wired 360 controller for my computer. My computer gaming because I'm not a mouse and keyboard guy. I don't know if you are, but I'm not, definitely not. No, I'm. I'm. A, I'm mainly grew up with consoles. Um, we did have uh, early PCs, but and we we're talking about like. Uh, like Zork and Space Quest and all these kind of, <laughs> those King's Quest like those kind of games we we could play some of those but after after StarCraft the original StarCraft PC was kind of consoles took over for me. Um, so let's see here. The next question is for yeah, so it's, it's for me. Yeah. So uh, what inspired your Punch Out video? Who doesn't want to make a video of them beating Mike Tyson? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I just love I love to think about um, uh, just ideas that uh, aren't going to necessarily fly in a in a boardroom, right? Like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the music video: me beating Mike Tyson, and like they're like, "What?" You know. <laughs> so like, but any kind of story like that, I generally get really excited about versus um, you know traditional kind of band playing in a music room studio kind of video um i wanted to tell a story i wanted to talk about the song being you know this the song's called i'll never give up on you uh i literally could never beat mike tyson um (laughs) it it was i mean i don't remember how long it said at the beginning but it was a it was a quest it's it was multiple decades um i could (laughs) never get past what uh, was a soda popinski for for a long long time and then i finally Mm -hmm. got past him and then i was like all right I got two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do. I did it. Fortunately, I did it in less than two weeks. But, but yeah, but I, it was it was just one of those ideas. That I was like, I want to see if I can do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are always my favorite ideas. The ones that I think I'm just gonna do it and see what happens, versus the ones that I have to plan out. And uh, this it was fun. And that's and when at the end is legit. Like there's that is not a. Um, reenactment that is legitimately i was two cocktails deep and i I beat him and i was like i didn't know what to do with myself so it was it was a a great moment in my life (laughs) i think about the greatest moments of my life right having my son getting married beating mike tyson (laughs) And, and it was it was the actual mike tyson version not the um there's like multiple versions of right yeah it was it was the mike tyson well it was open emu um if i'm honest Uh, (laughs) but it was uh, it was definitely the tyson version not just not the punch out version where sandman was sandman's the last guy i don't remember they they made a white mike tyson essentially (laughs) (laughs) not it's not as cool i i remember um i couldn't remember because i've never actually played the non-mike tyson version i played the mike tyson version so i couldn't remember if they had changed him at all or what they did with him but yeah, you're right, Sandman. I'm pretty positive on that now. But yes, this is definitely the Mike Tyson version. I was. I just yeah. want to reiterate that to anybody watching the podcast or listening <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. A, it was the real. I went as authentic as possible. This um this comment section cracks me up for this one, where people are like, "What an outstanding song!" You know, that you need to do more like this. I've seen this comment section a couple times before this because I was like, "Man, I wonder what people said about this video." Did you ever get I some? Didn't... 
I don't know. I didn't care. (laughs) But the fact that the feedback was great made me consider doing more like a video series like this, like Mm -hmm. things, you know, I have a list of things I want to do before I die. (laughs) Some people call it a bucket list. It's way outside the bucket for me. Like I want to shoot a half court (laughs) shot at an NBA game, things like that. Like that is not. And so like, I was like, oh, maybe I could do like a video. Like what are these things? I can't, I could never do an Ollie as a kid skateboarding so like maybe that could be a video or me shooting half court shots could be a video uh you know a series of, of never giving up <laughs> and trying to accomplish things but uh you know i knew it was gonna go over well just because you know I, i've been on the internet <laughs> and then, well, the editing is really good too by the way thank you that was my first foray into editing um i uh yeah that was that was before the vlogs and everything i, I learned a lot about frame rates and that and <laughs> but yeah that was fun that was a fun video to make do you ever consider like doing twitch streaming of you doing a game like like this not necessarily this game yeah I, you know i um, i actually want to i have explored doing con- what i call contra training where i want to I want to go through Contra without dying. Uh, <laughs> and so like just because it it's all pattern, it's all memorization. And so like I can do like the first few levels. Uh, so if I just did like Twitch streams of me playing Contra and I have legit versions of it that I bought on the Switch or Xbox, I can't remember which one. But, um, uh, you know, just something like that. Those those kind of things. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I have a weird kind of uh, don't um, I don't know. Don't muddy the water don't make it too confusing in what you're what you're trying to do on twitch versus is it a gaming channel is it a music channel you know so I, I, that's my brain i have to get over it but yeah i have considered doing a, like retro game streams and stuff like that could have a um second channel just called fort atlantic plays that's true that is very oh. true look at that look at that that was one of the happiest moments <laughs> of my life <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> He's like, man, I got this. <laughs> I, oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I've only had a few moments like that in my life where like, I had a video game that I was just so frustrated with. And I was like, holy cow, I did it. And I think Guitar yeah. Hero had a lot of those moments. Guitar Hero, <laughs> the uh, Ninja Gaiden on, on Xbox was mm-hmm. oh, brutal. Yes, was. That was a brutal game. That's what, You should do a Guitar Hero stream. Um, I wish I'd spent more time actually playing guitar than than I did Guitar Hero, uh, but I was I was, I was I was pretty good back in my day. <laughs> I've thought about doing the um, what are the what's the uh, Rocksmith games? I've thought about doing streams oh, ro- like that. Uh, rock Band? Uh, no, Rocksmith is actually a game where you can play um, the actual guitar. Yeah, actual oh, really? guitar. Yeah, yeah, it's really mm-hmm. interesting, and it's essentially gu- Guitar Hero with a real guitar. That's cool. Uh, and it and it's and it's really really good for exercising as far as being a musician I've, I've i've used it a lot to just sort of kind of get out of my world of what i what i make just kind of learn new ways to scales and things like that it's re- it is actually a really helpful game hmm. well i guess since we talked so much about your twitch channel now's a good time to ask what was the coolest thing that has ever happened to you on youtube or twitch uh, the easily, I think the coolest thing is, is, and I made a, a small vlog about it. It was on a Twitch stream. Uh, um, uh, uh, yeah, it just, a, a guy was explaining to me how he met his girlfriend from one of my songs. And, and he, and, you know, he was talking about just that he was humming the song on the subway and I immediately was like, Oh cool. New York, you know? And, but it was not, it was in Istanbul, Turkey. And I was like, <laughs> the fact that two people in Istanbul, Turkey, one even know, who I am and they're mm-hmm. singing the song that can recognize the melody. <laughs> like, 
what uh that was a but and that's what twitch brings right like that live that is a then you know the the vlog has like my live reaction where i'm like in the middle of something and i have to like stop everything and just be like process it um <laughs> and that's just a cool story you know and it means it it means a lot to me it's easy for for musicians and, and creators and all the people to kind of get stuck on numbers and stuck on stats and and uh followers and likes and can we grow this hashtag brand or whatever but at the end of the day the, the truth is like when something like that happens that that speaks that's that's it that's all that, that's all that matters right like mm-hmm. it's just that human to human connection yeah the the numbers and trying to figure out a way to make it as a career are important and they're tough and but if you can like affect people's lives man that's that's awesome yeah, I have to say it's cool when people see you in person and they're like, I watched your thing. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, that and then, you know, and I think the YouTube channel, the funny thing is with the YouTube, like the, the song, um, we'll get into the song later, but the my the song Let Your Heart Hold Fast has like the ease the most of my um, most views and it's uh, most listens, all that stuff. And it's to this day still baffles me how much it's played uh, and how how many people find it. Um and and the funny thing is when that happened, uh, I was telling a friend of mine here in, in town, I was like, man, if it if it hits like a hundred thousand views, <laughs> I'm gonna like freak out. And we're like eight million now, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like it was just one of those moments of 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 realizing when that happened, like this was about to get bigger than anything I could that I thought I could do. So sorry. In, yeah. in, in the words of my wife, that is a perfect song. <laughs> well, tell your wife thank you. <laughs> I will. I will tell her that, that you said thank you. Um, well, you got the next question. Yeah. So you probably done a lot of shows. Uh, so what? Uh, what? Where and when? And what was your favorite? <laughs> um, gosh, my favorite shows. I think one of my, uh, as a handful of them I can think of. Um, one of my first ones here in Portland was at a place called the Crystal Ballroom, and it's this old historical building, and it's this just it's 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 not really a great sounding room from a fan's perspective but when you're on stage and you look out uh it's it was just really magical for me just kind of finding a new place to 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 be and kind of being accepted into this world quickly um that was one of my favorites um i I can't um i got to open for jack white um once Mm. And that was surreal. I didn't get to meet him, but I mo- like hung out with his band, and they were all sweet and really kind. And um, but that was a really cool moment where uh, you know I just didn't I didn't question whether I belonged. I just went for it, and I think that's like uh, not that is not me. I generally question and have imposter syndrome and stuff like that. So <laughs> uh, that was just a moment where I was like, all right, I'm doing this. I don't care. Uh, so opening for Jack White was really cool, and and. Mm-hmm definitely the the show here and and bonnaroo i got to play bonnaroo like i don't know man <laughs> i don't know i feel like really like arrogant being like i don't know man I look at all these great <laughs> things but like they're all really cool uh, stories to tell and i don't have you know not many people get that opportunity and i want to meet i want to be grateful for all of them i guess i got a funny Sorry. jack white story if I, you don't mind me just jumping in real quick please he actually uh, asked out my sister one time what <laughs> Yeah, and she your sister said Meg. No. She turned him down. <laughs> eh, it's probably smart. <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was a long time ago. It's like it was it was before I think White Stripes even actually. To be honest. Oh with you. wow! But yeah, she he asked her out, and she's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> 
So hopefully he never watches this video, but that was my sister. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's yeah. not the first time that's happened. But I'm going to text him after this because <laughs> we're best friends. <laughs> never met him at the concert, but you're best friends. Got it. Yeah. Got we, it. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Gosh. Anyways, uh, next question is, uh, if you can put your music on any TV show, any no producer can turn you down, your music's going on this show, what would it be? Um, I would say no, I'm going to just think outside the, I'm going to think just a handful. I'll just list a few, uh, stranger things. Um, a lot of the eighties has really influenced a lot of my, what I'm doing now with, with synthesizers and drum machines and things. Um, so stranger things, I love that. Um, there was a show that's not on TV. If I had a time machine and I could do it, um, a show called halt and catch fire, which was on AMC and it was essentially about the beginning of uh, IBM, I believe it was kind of the loose, or I don't know if it's IBM or whatever, but they had a really, really great music selection, but it was all modern music inspired by eighties things, which I thought was really cool. Um, so that was one of my favorite shows musically, uh, as far as that goes. Um, gosh, I don't know. I guess for my wife's sake, this is us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That'd be, that'd be a great one to get on right now. It's super, super popular. Yeah, I know. Like, but and and but and they're great. They're and they have really great music supervisors and um to and we can kind of talk about this later. But how I met your mother was actually one of the th- shows that I was like, wow, if this would ever happen, that would be cool. <laughs> um, so. Actually, Parenthood would have been another cool one because they literally yeah. had a production studio as part of the show. That would have been a cool right. one. Because who That's was it right. that was on the show? Wasn't it all um, all American? Not all, yeah, all American Rejects, right? Oh, that's right. They did that. Yes, the, the lead singer at the, at the very least, I think, was on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, I don't know. At this point, I'd take anything. <laughs> <laughs> you can play our intros. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Love it. Uh, um, well, why don't you ask that next question? Yeah, it's the next question. Um, were you a fan of How I Met Your Mother before your song was on it? Uh, yeah, like I was saying, yeah, I, I was. My wife and I discovered that on a Christmas break. We were in Montana, and it was really snowy, and that was, you know, we I think we went skiing, and then we were like, let's just watch, pick out a show. I've heard great things about this. Mm-hmm. And we watched it, and I, what I realized was that they used a lot of music that I was listening to, like Wilco and Dylan and, um, and just stuff that resonated with me uh, and – we after that trip though i think we finished maybe like a season i was like man this would be like the coolest show like if i could get my songs on this that would be amazing right um and that happened so yeah this was that was the only show actually that i've ever been a fan of that my music has been on um not that other shows are bad i just yeah i have to i'm a little bit more choosy with what i what i watch because of my time (laughs) but yeah yeah that was definitely that was one of those very surreal moments of this is happening and i like this show did did the scene impress you more after the fact like did you know what scene it was going to be used in uh i no, i knew it was going to be in a big scene um but I had had at that point, you have to understand, like I'd had, this is going to sound, I don't know, I hope this doesn't sound bad, but like I'd had songs on TV before. And like what everyone expected was the fray from, from Grey's Anatomy, how you have a song on this show and then all of a sudden you explode. Um, and so like, but that had 
that would never happen, right? So I'd had songs on TV and they had been awesome and they kept my doors open and I'm super grateful for them, but they never really moved the needle. Um, and so I does, I honestly didn't expect anything. Um, just, I thought it would just be background music in a cool scene. Um, but it ends up that it was one of the, I guess, biggest moments in the story of the whole series <laughs> you know i don't know yeah so it was uh there there was also this the year before there was another episode that they were gonna that was up against another one of my songs was up against something so uh i didn't win i didn't get that one and then they came back to a different song later so um i've only watched that scene once and um that's it i'll probably will never watch it again because <laughs> it's just it's weird it is really weird to 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 to, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, back in that that aired in what twenty eleven or twenty twelve? Twenty yeah, twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve. I remember yeah. right after that that show got done, I looked up your channel on YouTube immediately, and then I reposted on Facebook and I said, "Why don't people write good music anymore?" <laughs> that that was literally <laughs> what I put on there, and I said, "This band is great. You guys should check it out." Um, well, it was like I, within minutes of the show airing. Well, people do write good music. The problem is they just don't have the budget to, to, to get in front of you. you know, well, you know, you get... I, I was a khaki, like, you know, I don't know, 19-something-year-old. <laughs> and I was like, just, you know, I loved the song. I wanted to make make sure people listened to it after I heard that. And um, I tried to find it. I was like, wait, I've deactivated and deleted Facebook several times. This is probably doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. So I couldn't find it to have proof. But that yeah, is true. No, I believe you. I saw your play count. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So... What advice would you give to a young and aspiring artist looking to make it in the music industry? Um, don't wait for anyone to tell you that you don't, don't, don't wait for anyone. Do it. Just do what you <laughs> want to do. Um, I, there were a lot of opportunities that I um, wanted to do things. Like specifically when that song aired on how, for How I Met Your Mother, I, the, I wanted to follow up quickly with another like a vlog and then also a performance of one of the songs from Robin Sparkles. Um, <laughs> and so like, but, but, and I pitched that to the label and they're like, nah, don't do that, man. Don't do that. <laughs> and I listened to them and I wish I didn't, I wish I'd done what I, I wish I trusted my gut because that was when YouTube was starting to become, you know, YouTubers and vloggers. And it could have been something that could have, I could have carried that momentum into. Um, but I, I would say, don't wait on anyone to give you permission just go and uh, do what you want to do and make it and be, be real and don't expect to, um, to make it a career, but, but do expect, do expect to, to be your, have your life enriched by what you make and you're, you're going to be better after you make stuff. That's all. I mean, that's, that's all I can say these days. I could have gone and go into a long diatribe about managers and art and all that stuff and labels. But mm -hmm. the, the truth of the matter is you don't need any of that stuff. What you need is a good idea and um, you have the internet and you go. I think the best thing about YouTube is the worst thing that happens is somebody else makes money off your content. Yeah. <laughs> like you, yeah, nobody's yeah. nobody's really taking you to court because they can make money off you if you cover their song. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> YouTube's a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> I love the platform. It's just a disaster. Copyright. It's a disaster with with, with search and discovery. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's com that's a complicated that's a whole other podcast, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> way too long I, I just I just meant as in like if you want to cover a song the worst thing that could happen to you is that video gets taken down right so I'm saying the same oh, thing yeah. you're saying just do it 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was, I mean, like the Brian Adams song, I immediately put up. Um, I even, I, I even, I went through, I knew that they were going to copyright it. So I went <laughs> through the proper channels of like getting permission to, 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 um, not permission, but buy, like buying a license to cover it essentially. Oh, okay. Um, and so like that, and so I split the, actually split the revenue, uh, that that's actually legal now. Um, but yeah, yeah it's the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to go viral and everyone's going to remember you as the woman who tried to stomp grapes and <laughs> the, yeah, you fell down and you lost your breath. But, Honestly, that's not going to happen. The, the worst thing <laughs> is you're going to make a bad video. Thirty people are going to watch it, and then you can take it down and you can try again. Because exactly. you're not, you're, you're not, you're not just, you know, you know, you're not defined by, um, you're defined by everything you do. But you can learn a lot from your failures. Mm-hmm. Cool. Is there anything else that you wanted to say before we uh, conclude this? Uh, I'm sorry, I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm yeah. I just I'm grateful to be here, man. Thank you for having me. This is cool. Yeah, we're glad to have you on. Um, just want to remind everybody, if you've made it this far, uh, go ahead, comment on this. Tell us that you've followed both our Twitter accounts and subscribed to both our channels. Um, Will's going to be verifying that the numbers actually physically went up. No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. <laughs> no, but I will. Please do. Um, and then leave us a comment and say, uh, tell us why you want uh, want to win this contest to win John's uh, Ford Atlantic uh, Shadow Shaker Volume 1. And uh, hopefully you'll get picked. Watch, we'll have like five comments. No. <laughs> Man, I'd, I'd be impressed. <laughs> Anyways, um, as always, we're very thankful to have John on here. And uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. I'm John. And we will see you next Crowcast. Going to be Bye, talking guys. about Pac-Man. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm John. And I promise we didn't pick Pac-Man because it matches our colors. But <laughs> it kind of does. It kind of does. Mm-hmm. Um, John, why don't you tell everybody about your YouTube channel? Yeah, my name's John. Um, and I'm sorry if you skipped over the last episode, last part of the, you know, I'm just going to go into my next 45 minutes of who I am again. <laughs> um, no, my name's John. I make music. I live in Portland, Oregon. Uh, you can check out our, our YouTube channel, and uh, it's a place where I make fun videos and music videos and enjoy being creative. You can find us on Spotify and all that stuff, too. Definitely go uh, check out their music. You know, At least give it one listen, all right? That's my challenge to you today. <laughs> go listen to his music at least once. Prom- I promise <laughs> once. You, you won't be disappointed. <laughs> I can't um, make that promise. <laughs> <laughs> if you like the music I like, which you're going to find out what I like on Friday. Um, yeah. Definitely you'll like his stuff. Um, there you go. <laughs> today is Throwback Thursday. So we're going to be covering Pac-Man because it's vast, or vastly quickly approaching its 40th anniversary. Um, by the time this video comes out, we'll be about eight days away. Eight days away from its 40th anniversary, believe it or not. So this game is almost 40 years old. Crazy. Um, <laughs> originally it was released, the arcade re- version which, uh, if you get that arcade one-up machine, you got to let me know. Send me a video of that thing, okay? I want to see uh, this thing in action. 
They're doing a 40th anniversary one. Ooh, that'll be cool. Yeah, you can you can pre-order it right now. <laughs> Is that why your wallet's hurting? I, uh, <laughs> want, I want it. <laughs> anyway, so it was released on May 22nd, 1980. Um, it was released in the United States in December of 1980. So no matter where you live in the world, it's approaching 40 years old this mm-hmm. year. Um, so if you can, you want to find this information, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to flat out tell you Wikipedia is where I got a lot of the information here, but a lot of people don't <laughs> feel like looking it up. So I'll just tell you all about it. The original <laughs> Japanese title of puck man was changed to Pac-Man for international releases as a preventative measure against the defacement of the arcade machines by changing the P to an F. <laughs> that would definitely happen. No one would have done that, right? No. <laughs> Outside Japan, the game was published by Midway Games as part of its licensing agreement with Namco America. The play- the What? Midway. I just didn't realize that they published it first. Yeah, yeah, because Namco wasn't like a household name at the time, so mm-hmm. they, they went through Midway. Um, the player controls Pac-Man, who must eat all the dots inside an enclosed maze while avoiding four colored ghosts. I'm telling you this as if you've never played Pac-Man or seen it before. So I guess if you're blind, this would be a good description for you. So you eat the large flashing dots called power pellets, which causes the ghosts to turn blue, allowing Pac-Man to eat them for bonus points. I did not know they were called power pellets. That's hilarious. <laughs> Development of the game began in early 1979 by Toru Iwatani with a nine-man team. Iwatani wanted to create a game that could appeal to women as well as men because most video games of the times had themes of war or sports. Yeah, that is pretty true, actually. Yeah, that's true. Although the inspiration for Pac-Man character uh, was reportedly the image of a pizza with a slicer move. I can totally see that. Brilliant. (laughs) Iwatani said he also rounded out the Japanese symbol Kuchi, which I'm not making this up, but it means mouth. Um, Hmm. The Pac-Man video game franchise remains one of the highest grossing and best-selling game series of all time, generating more than $14 billion in revenue as of 2016. So here we are four years later. I'm sure it's higher. Um, And $43 million in sales combined. Um, I'm not sure. (laughs) That's a weird number. $43 million versus $14 billion. I wonder if that includes, like, merchandise and, like, you know, TV appearances and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe. The character of Pac-Man is the mascot and flagship icon of Bandai Namco Entertainment and has the highest brand awareness of any video game character in North America, although I have to say I think Mario might be more recognizable, but I could be surprised. I mean, that's not actually information on Wikipedia. Wikipedia says Pac-Man is most recognized. I think Mario might actually be more, but who's to say? Um, There's actually a giant list of Pac-Man games. Um, I'm going to pull it up just for us to look at real quick. I'm going to pull it up on the screen here if I can make the window pop up without being in front of everybody else. Okay, this is being... Oh, and it happened. That's <laughs> we'll what I was afraid of. We're week. gone. It's just the, the uh, Christmas show now. All right, so here's the list of Pac-Man uh, video games. So I'm just going to show you guys how expansive this list is. I mean, this is a long list of re-releases and remakes mm-hmm. and sequels. There is so many versions of pac-man almost as many versions as sonic (laughs) (laughs) i think there's more of pac-man i'm I'm just kidding obviously there's more i'm still scrolling this is how many releases of pac-man there are good grief yeah and then we finally got through it i mean that took me like what 10 seconds to scroll through you know Mm -hmm. that's insane there's a lot of pac-man so what i want to start with is what was the first time each of us played a pac-man game 
Yeah, I literally have no idea. I Pac-Man has always existed for me. It was so I don't remember the first time because it was always part of my life. Um, it's almost it's like Snake. It's like, do you remember the first time you ever played Snake? It's like it just always has been there. Probably on a um, calculator. Yeah, definitely on a calculator. I guess I, I don't know. I know like the first time I actually like tried to play it for like the high score was in an arcade, and then I think what console did I first have it on? Was it on the original Game Boy? Uh, I think so. Then that would be the first time that would have it at home for sure. It was either the, the original Game Boy or the Game Boy Color. I believe I had it on. Uh, how about there you, Jazz? Oh, yeah. Gosh, there it is. <laughs> I, I need that. I need that arcade one up. Arcade one up. Sponsor me. I'll make you a video in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'll, um, I'm going to tag them on this video now. Please. Oh my gosh. Um, so my first. So I'm going to say something. This is going to be. This is mind blowing. I am older than. Um, than, than Pac-Man by two months. Oof. Uh, I just turned 40 this year. So Congratulations. I happy, happy Thank you. Birthday. I made it. I made it. <laughs> but um, Pac-Man for me was, um, uh, the first place I remember it was the mall arcade called the Gold Rush where I grew up in, in, in Atlanta. Uh, and I remember that because they also had Tron. <laughs> the, the stand-up, the stand-up Tron. Um Anyway, yeah. So yeah, that was that was me as as old school arcade. I think I think Pac Man was on the, it was on the NES, but um, even before I played NES Pac Man, I remember going to like the movie theater and I'd always mm. see the Pac Man oh. and Miss Pac Man games just yeah. right next to each other, and I would just like just really want to go play those. They were always like the most fun sounds coming out of the machines. <laughs> it was just so simple to just look at you. Know, it's, okay, it's a guy going across eating dots, like. You want like it's it's simple and and also intriguing because you're like I want to play this like mm-hmm. this looks fun and it sounds fun so I would go grab whatever quarters were in my pocket and go play it you know immediately before while waiting for the movie theaters to let us in right which is so funny because I haven't been to a movie theater in probably like a year now well we're never going back now <laughs> yeah they're done <laughs> yeah but uh, to back up that point Chris Hollywood movie theater in Columbia Missouri that's where I first played the game so it wasn't an arcade it was actually in the movie theater. So, yeah, that brought back a whole bunch of memories. That and air hockey. I used to play there all the time, waiting for the movies. Oh, throwback. Remember, we played it at Dave & Buster's. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, that was actually one of my favorite, probably actually my favorite version of Pac-Man, on that gigantic screen and the detached controller. That was really cool. That's one of our old-style videos from forever ago, before we rebranded. <laughs> that was... Uh, that's a throwback. I'm going to see if I can find this video. Go ahead, John. What do you got? You got something else on that? Uh, no, I just, I think about the, all the places I have played Pac-Man though. It was, it was definitely the arcade first, but then there was, uh, the, our grocery store, our Kroger had one, uh, had like a, a few arcade machines. They had, um, they had Paperboy and, uh, and then they had Pac-Man and then also at the ice skating rink, they had Pac-Man, um, which was, uh, yeah, so like in the in the roller skating rink, so Pac Man was everywhere uh, <laughs> for my old for, for my old self. <laughs> it really is. I mean, Pac Man is probably one of the most common cabinets to have in any place that you had an arcade. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the setup I want in my basement right here. <laughs> it's like the whole wall. Yes. <laughs> it was, There's a. 
Wow, there's a place here in Portland called, um, there's two arcades, they're called Barcades. There's um, Quarter World, which is one of my favorites, and also Ground Control, and they have massive Pac-Man things like that. Have you ever gone to PAX? I have not gone to PAX. Um, I have decided against diseases. And uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, no, I haven't gone to PAX. I almost went to one when I was back on the East Coast, but um, I've been. I, I have wanted to go to one for sure. Isn't there one in? Uh, oh no, it's wait. in Seattle. That's in yeah. Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, right now is not a good time. No, no. But, but in general, large gatherings. In general, uh, <laughs> um, I think that one's one of the biggest. I think the Seattle. Oh one really? Is. Yeah. Oh cool. Um, but yeah, uh, I was gonna say when we went to Dave and Buster's, you would probably appreciate this. There's that Halo cabinet too there. Um, really? Fireteam Ravens. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's an on rails Halo co op game. You can have up okay. to four people playing at once with actual guns. So it's, it's like Time Crisis? Let me see if I. Oh, we don't, have, we don't have it in the video. I forgot. Definitely recommend it. It's so much fun. Oh, cool. It's an on rails yeah, like Halo Crisis. shooter. Oh, okay. I didn't know what Time Crisis was. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time Crisis 2. <laughs> I, I spent too much money on it instead of college in class. <laughs> Good to know. So, yeah, that video's got 32 views. Um, <laughs> definitely don't watch that video, but that was a good example of the Pac-Man game we played. And I set the high score in that yeah. video. Yeah, he did. That's right. I forgot about that. So these guys are still building the cabin. This is a head-to-head Pac-Man game. That's cool. Sorry um, about the sirens. <laughs> I got <it> now. <laughs> All right. So I just want to talk about a game like Pac-Man. What is the legacy and the staying power behind a game kind of simple as like pac-man like what what do you guys see as what's what's the reason that this game has held up this long the thing is it's i don't know it's just it's simple enough that and it's ubiquitous enough that everyone has played it like have you ever met someone that has not played (laughs) pac-man a few few people a few people really i'm surprised by that i don't think i know anyone they're like my grandparents age but okay okay fair people like (laughs) our age and younger um to the point where you can actually play games but uh just the staying power is have you seen the bandersnatch netflix show no no so they actually have a whole scene talking about pac-man and you know it's a brand new show and it's just the fact that you know even in pop culture now we're still talking about pac-man and he just describes like this whole parallel universe thing the via pac-man like he's actually like it, it, you think it's a fun game, but it's actually torture for him because he's stuck in this this world and he's forced to eat and chased by ghosts that are probably his, like his own imagination, and he can't get out of the world because like if he goes off the side, what happens? He goes right back into the maze. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's honestly it's fascinating. It's completely changed the way I look at the game, but just I mean that's a new show and they're still talking about it and they're using it as you know everyone should know what Pac-Man is. We're, we're going to bring this up, so I, I think that's. Part of the staying power is just how simple it was, and also it came out right in the boom of the arcades. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a perfect time for it. And um, I don't know, it's it's hard for me because this game's always existed for me, so I didn't see it, uh, you know, explode. It's just is already big when I was born. So right, uh, I think. Uh, and John, you jump in now if you want. I can I can wait if you'd like to say something. No, I you you go for it. I've got I'm just gathering my thoughts on it because I okay. I definitely have a. a ideas about the legacy and staying power for sure i think pac-man sells itself on nostalgia in the right ways a lot of times when a game series tries to sell you on nostalgia they just kind of go in it with like a monetary mindset whereas i think pac-man has never tried to reinvent itself as something it isn't 
they keep re-releasing the original. They they release it untouched, un un. What's the right word I'm trying to use? Untainted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still exactly what it is. It still has gameplay that holds up, and because it's pixel art, pixel art scales really well. It's like a scalable mm-hmm. vector graphic. Pixels scale. 3D models have a hard time scaling in the same way that a lot of these old retro games have no issue with whatsoever. I can scale up an SNES game, and with current modifications to emulation software, you can actually have a widescreen SNES game, which is pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Pixel art is always scalable, which means you can always re-release it. And I think that's one of the things going for Pac-Man is it's literally that. It has that going for it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's such I, a simple I, and entertaining game. It, it definitely is. And what I, the things that I think when we were talking about Fortnite earlier, Pac-Man is a is a genre definer. It's, yeah, it is. It is an arcade. It is the arcade that when you think of an arcade, you think of Pac-Man. Um, and so, like in that sense, you know, what is Fortnite to Pac-Man? Who knows, right? Like I'm not going to say it's going to be as big as Pac-Man, uh, but. Uh, or stay as long as that, but it is that in that same kind of category of of that. But what I think I like to think about is the the simplicity of the gameplay for me. Um, it's it's they it's perfectly honed, um, and I think about that. You don't have to have like the most amazing graphics. You don't have to have there. I mean, there's not even there's barely a story to Pac Man. Um, <laughs> you know, so like, but what they have is fun gameplay that's simple. Uh, and I think about like the games that. I think about that have staying power for me. Now, some of them are definitely have cool stories and stuff, but I even think about the first Halo. That was the first shooter, uh, console shooter that worked for me with a, with a controller. And then also, um, but to bring it up to more, to more quote-unquote modern times, Celeste uh, is one of my favorite games that's been released in a mm-hmm. long time because th- it's a simple game with perfect controls. Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skaters, the one through three, the same way, like, they mm-hmm. had these super, super refined simplicity uh, with, but complexity in their controls, and that's a hard thing to find balance in. Pac-Man is was the was the OG for that, you know, uh, and and that to me is is, you know, it just says that you know, experience trumps visuals, most of the time. Yeah, I would say like if there were like four arcade games, I would name anytime somebody asked me like what games were in the arcade, my top four are Tetris, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Galaga. Yeah, those are the four I always Mortal think Kombat. of. See, I'm not really into the fighting games, so for me, I wouldn't think of those. <laughs> <laughs> killer I would Instinct. Throw, I would think I would of Killer throw, Instinct. I'd throw Ninja Turtles. I'd throw the t- Turtles uh, in Time in there. Yeah, I forgot because I played that like a NES version or a SNES yeah. version of that. I forgot that it, it was in the arcades. See, that's the mm-hmm. problem. People don't associate that necessarily with the arcades. They associate it right. with when they play, first played it. For me, that was on the console. But Pac-Man is so iconically an arcade game. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I love and it. And I'm just that... watching this video, and I'm just so jealous that you guys have that. <laughs> and when I think about it, um, the arcade games actually scaled better for mobile phones when the arcade store, the app stores first went out because they had that longer screen a lot of times, like a pinball yeah. machine almost. So it was probably a lot easier to scale this type of game to iOS or Android when it first came out. Because Pac-Man was one of the first games to come to the Android market. If you didn't know. Um, I did not. I didn't know this. So what is the what is the future of Pac-Man? Do we think that the impact of the industry will continue to bring Pac-Man to future consoles for the foreseeable future? 
Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I think there's always, at least for a while, until people who have played the original die off, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you said it lives off nostalgia. I think it's a good game, even without the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that's definitely going to drive a lot of those sales. So, I mean, for the foreseeable future, yeah. I mean, it sells well. It's being released on everything. Uh, you can probably play on calculators now nowadays. And... Um, if it, as long as it keeps selling like that, it's going to do well. And whether or not that's going to continue once you know, like our generation's gone, I'm not sure, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe the only thing I could see is um, there someone's going to try to do a very, very poor VR port of it, and it won't work. <laughs> <clears throat> that's that's the, other than that, they're just going to leave it alone because you know it's a masterpiece. It's a, <laughs> again, it's 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 a genre definer. It's, you don't you don't mess with it. Is that? Like a 3D weird Pac-Man game? I don't think yeah, I ever played that one. I didn't play that. That does not look good. Looks like they're playing in like a Legos? Lego set. Yeah. Huh. Definitely. And you can jump. That's even more bizarre. Why would you jump over power-ups? Anyways, <laughs> um, what I was going to say uh, for the my closing little thought here is Pac-Man was in Super Smash Bros., so... <laughs> There's that. That's it? That's your closing thought? <laughs> He's an icon. He's an icon, man. He is. He is. You make it a Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike the bajillion Fire Emblem characters, he's not a Nintendo <laughs> property, so the fact mm-hmm. that he's in there means something. Yeah. Wait, so. was he the first non-Nintendo property? I don't, no? I don't think so. I'm not positive. Don't quote me on that. I don't know the answer. Okay. Um, but anyways, um, as always, I'm Chris. And I'm Will. And I'm John. And uh, we'll see you on the next Krillcast. Bye, guys. This is the Krillcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Will. Welcome, welcome. I'm John. (laughs) Throwback. Um, (laughs) What is today, Will? Today is Fandom Friday. I actually forgot you were going to do that, and you literally just told me you were going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) John, why don't you tell everybody about your uh, YouTube channel? Yeah, no, my name is John. I live in Portland, Oregon. I'm a musician, and my YouTube channel is uh, just a place for me to play music, have fun, make music videos, vlogs, things like that. You can find uh, our music there and on Spotify and every anywhere wherever there's music on the <laughs> internet, it's there. So, uh, but yeah, that's it. I'm, and I've been I'm grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so we've John, been... I have a question for you. Oh, go ahead. Okay, bring it. What is your favorite donut at Voodoo Donuts? Um, Captain, my captain. Okay. It's uh, it's it's um, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries is my favorite cereal, <laughs> and it's a it's a donut with vanilla icing and Captain Crunch. There's and a place where it. I live that did that actually. <clears throat> yeah, it's um, my favorite. My, I mean the the bacon maple bar is delicious. I was gonna ask you if you had that. It's it is delicious, and we have a, a tradition after we play a show here when we play shows here in Portland that afterwards we always we load up the van or whatever cars we're in at the time, <laughs> and then we go um, we go to Voodoo Donuts because they're open twenty four hours, <clears throat> and we sit there and we have donuts and talk about the show and all that stuff. But uh, it's still you know 
people like people here like to trash it. I love it. I think it's an amazing place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my sister used to live in uh, Eugene, and they have one there too. Yep. And I like to go. I would like to go there just to get the like the chocolate uh, frosted donut or whatever glazed donut. Yeah. And yeah. then drink the milk. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is the greatest combination ever. It is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one has a uh, bigfoot in it. Yes. Oh, it's awesome. All right, guys. What is today, Will? I already said it. It's Phantom Friday, Chris. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Okay. It's all good. Um, so other than our musician friend at the bottom here, all right, we're going to be talking about some music that we like today. Um, and I think we forgot to plug this all week, but he also has a Twitch channel, and he goes on there regularly in between album releases. It's pretty cool to watch his live streams. plays the harmonica and the guitar at the same time, and he sings. It's, it's impressive. Go check it out. Um, especially when he does his uh, New York Lights song, you know, meets people from Istanbul. (laughs) That's crazy. Anyways, um, (laughs) we're going to be recommending some music today. Uh, It's a little departure from our normal books, video games, TV, that kind of stuff. Music. I don't know why. We've always talked about media on Fridays, and we never thought to mention music, but today we're going to do it. I don't listen to music, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) It was going to be like, the Halo 2 soundtrack. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. A good it one. is good. Um, but we'll let, uh, we'll let John go first. Why don't you plug some of your favorite artists? You know, yeah, absolutely. I, so this this record is one that came out last year. It's from a band called Oso Oso. Um, How do you spell that? O-S-O space O-S-O. Oh, okay. uh, the record is called Basking in the Glow. Um, it is, for me, kind of a throwback emo record. Um <laughs> And in and, and all of the right ways, it was kind of before emo became pop punk, uh, that kind of the good Charlottes and all that stuff, like right before Dashboard, like that was in my that was an amazing time for that that genre. Uh, so this record came out last year and it just fits right in there. And it's I love it. I love the songwriting and the sounds of it. Um, and this is there. It sounds really good. So check that. I would definitely say that's one of my favorite uh, from last year. Uh, and as far as if I was going to go from like an old school, like you know something older and older, older. There's a band out of Germany called Noi, and they do instrumental stuff. Um, and they kind of were right before Kraftwerk. Uh, so they're like that kind of Kraftwerk on rails kind of vibe but uh both real instruments and i'm a big fan neu neu for them um yeah and two is the uh the record that i appreciate Uh, i like the most from them but yeah i just think those are two kind of interesting worlds uh but yeah check them out there's the 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 noise stuff is really cool because you just put it on in the background and and kind of just work to it (laughs) oso oso is a little bit more uh lyric forward lyrics based so it's you know, you can you can pay attention if you want to, or you can just put it on the background. Cool, very cool. I'll make sure to tag both those artists when we release this video. Perfect. What do you got, Will? All right, so the band that I'm going to recommend has gotten kind of mainstream recently, but I like their older stuff when they weren't super mainstream and super weird. Uh, the Avit <laughs> Brothers. What is it? The Avit Brothers. Avit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they got really big for that the one album I always the I and Love and You mm-hmm. album. And they got really big after that, but I liked them before where I actually uh, saw them a couple times in Ann Arbor and in D.C. Uh, play in a, like a bar, like a seedy bar. So you can like, be right up there and see them. Like they're spitting on you while they're singing. And um, that, at that point, they actually, like, if you listen to those songs at that time, like 2002, 2004 area, um, they 
it was like screamo and bluegrass yeah it was <laughs> a very interesting combination so like it was a bluegrass song and all of a sudden like one of them starts screaming <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this does not fit in this song at all but it's great um and i really like uh i always forget the name it's um Bander song. I'm trying to look up the album. I always forget oh, the album okay. name. Oh, is it emotional so, emotionalism? Um, that's one of my favorite Avet Brothers, and it was before I and Loving You. So I'm, I'm uh, emotionalism I'm was good. Yes, yeah, so I was actually going to pick the two before it. Ah, so the, yes. The Mijanet and Four Thieves Gone. I like those two albums the most. Yeah, I actually got them both cool. signed. Oh, in person. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Did I spell then, that wrong? Oh, there it is. It's with a G. Okay, that's why. Yep. Is that mi- really. is it mi- Mignonette? Like Flea Mignon? I honestly have no idea how to pronounce it. Okay. So <laughs> I just like those albums a lot. So I listen to those all the time. I have them in my car still to this day. Very um, cool. Yeah, and then, I don't know, I listen to all kinds of genres. So um, I like Little Big Town, if you were going to go country. Cool. Little Big Town, uh, Pound Tune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pontoon, Motorboat, that's a great song. Uh, or Boondocks, I, always, I, I just jammed up that day. And then um, uh, I like... Um, oh, yeah, there's a show called Boondocks. Dead Man's Bones, have you ever heard of that band? It's it's uh, Ryan Gosling's, Gosling's band. What? No way, I got it, I'm in. Yeah, it is super, super it. weird. What is it called, Dead Bones? <laughs> Dead Man's Bones. Oh, so Bones. Look up, uh, I said, power. I said they're... I have the wrong name in there. We're going to plug to whoever this is, Dead Man's Band. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Dead Man's Bones. Papa Power. Papa Power. <laughs> I highly recommend that song. Okay. It's, what's really cool about this is that wherever town he goes to, he gets like a local children's choir to sing the backup. Huh. So it's like Halloween theme-ish, and it's kind of creepy. Um, and he tries to like crack jokes the entire time, so it's very awkward, and it's it's great. <laughs> <laughs> cool, yeah. man. So, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually name drop this band that I the YouTube algorithm actually worked once, believe it or not, it worked really well. I wound up on this band, which I would describe as like Mumford and Sons if they were mixed with country. Mm. Mm. Um, they've got a song that's starting to blow up. Uh, I was kind of surprised that it hadn't blown up more than it did, but I think I watched this when it had about 1,100 views. Oh, wow. Uh, it's called Dear Me, but they have this song called, um, it's called Macedona. Macedona, is that? No, I think I'm saying this wrong now. It's it's the lyric, though, when I first heard it, because the lyric is like, uh, um, I got to find it. Brain's not working. <laughs> oh, brains are overrated. Yeah, mm-hmm. Minidosa. That uh, I, my brain never quite get, gets it right because this is a Canadian band, so they know Missadona or Missadona. Minidosa. I don't. I thought this was a play on the word Minnesota when I first heard it. I thought they were like, "Oh, I'm so drunk, I couldn't pronounce Minnesota." But no, that's <laughs> not it. Um, they're talking about how like you can get kind of lost in a town where you can't get out of that town, and I think that was the whole point of the song was they got kind of stuck in this town where they couldn't get out of it because that's where they grew up. And they were like, just kind of like, they just felt stuck. So the song is like, um, Minidosa, Manitoba, 
Can't remember the last time he was sober. And then they, they, I think they sobered up after this. But anyways, it's about how the town has a drinking problem, essentially. And, and they're part of it. And they're trying to get mm-hmm. out of that town with music. And it, it's just a cool song with really great harmonies. And yeah. then they wrote this song, Dear Me, which I, I this is my favorite song by them. And it's blowing up for good reasons. Um, if, if 135,000 is blowing up, I think it is. I'm not 100% sure anymore. YouTube's weird. Um, you take what you can get, man. But that's, this song that's is a, that's great. a great number. This is a great song, um, and it's kind of a, a self introspection, exploratory type song. But it has a lot of feeling like Mumford and Sons mixed with like a folksy country band, hmm. also electric guitar. But I <laughs> really mix. love really love this band, um, and I hope that they make it because they produce some great music. That's awesome! I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, definitely go. I'll send you a link later if you want. Um, and the other band I was going to say, um, I wish, not wish, I liked him well before he was famous. Believe it or not, I had <laughs> I had all of his mixtapes in like the 2000s. And I kept saying, this guy's going to make it. My brother, um, I remember when he first had released, um, what was it called? Uh, it, had the, it had the faux gator. Um, I'm not, I'm, I fell off the wagon, okay? I'm not really a big fan of him anymore. But his old stuff is fantastic. I, I couldn't believe the kind of stuff he was producing independently back when. And I absolutely loved it. And then he went mainstream. And I, I don't know. Something about him going mainstream turned me off of his music a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Um, he, he changed significantly. I think that was the part that got me. Um, I hope that as artists get bigger, they retain some of their core value. And I feel like he's kind of... He's going, coming back to it now, but... I really did enjoy him quite a bit when I first listened to him, and uh, I just fallen off that wagon. I don't know. Maybe hip hop's not my thing anymore. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Dashboard Confessional. I was glad you mentioned them. I love Dashboard Confessional. Yeah, that's one of my fa- like the Spider Man soundtrack when he got on there with Vindicated. Mm-hmm. That was probably one of his first big hits because um, mm-hmm. I love that song. And then Hands Down was a great song. Stolen yeah. though, by far, Stolen is my favorite song by him. That that record with hands down it was a mark emission of Brand Scar I think is the record that yep. was, I I loved that album I loved I think that in my opinion has one of the and I haven't okay I can't I haven't listened to it in a while so I can't necessarily say it's, it carried through but at that at that time that had some of the best drums I'd heard in a long time oh yeah it's great and there's mm-hmm. an acoustic version that was available through an iTunes session also great this dude sounds good acoustically but also with rock guitars going on he's got yeah. just a great great emo popped kind of voice like you were saying but he wrote more kind of more in depth and deeper songs than some of the other emo pop stars at the time um and then stolen though i'm still mad that the version that they released on itunes is like a sped up tempo and they removed some different version of this song the version i got came from the um dashboard confessional uh hold on i have the cd I, I'll, I'll look it up later. But anyways, there's two different versions <laughs> of this song. Um, if you just type in Dashboard Confessional Stolen Slower on YouTube, you can find <laughs> you can find the old version. And I think the slower version is way, way better. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just doesn't sound as... Like, I, the only reason I know there's a faster version, it's, it's funny because everybody always had listened to the faster version. I had, didn't even know that existed until they played it on this TV show Scrubs. And I was like, wait, did they yeah. speed up the song? And I looked it up on iTunes, and it was a shorter duration of um, 
total song length. And I was like, what? So I, I had to buy it to figure out what was going on. So I ended up buying his album, and then I bought the song again later to see what the difference <laughs> was. So I have both mm-hmm. versions in my iTunes account. But the slower version, in my opinion, by far is better. And I'm still sad that they didn't release that version with the music video. So, But yeah, Dashboard Confessional is one of my all-time favorites. Um, and the Yellow Card, I listened to both of them at the same time. Oh, Yellow. I mean, you're going to love the Oso Oso record. I'm going to have to check them out. I will. Yeah, for you're sure going to love that out. record. If you like that stuff, because I, 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 that Yellow Card record, I remember the first one, that, that big, the, kind of their bigger one. It was right in the Dashboard world, and this, this, that Oso Oso record fits right into that world. You're going to love it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, Trying to think of this. I think there was one more band I wanted to plug, but I, I, for the life of me, I can't remember what they were. <laughs> well, here's a random bit of nostalgia. Do you remember on CDs how there were hidden tracks? Yeah. Oh. And you, could, you couldn't skip to it. You had to play the song to get to them. Yep. I loved that. I wish we could figure out a way to do that now. Mm-hmm. There well, was actually, there were some that you actually had to fast. I mean, you had to rewind from the first track. <laughs> like that okay. was less than Jake was this ska band from Florida. And if you, if you got to the first song and you just hit rewind and held it down, it would go into the negative And it was this entire conversation and it was really, it was cool. I kind of, ah, man, I miss that kind of part about music mm-hmm. these days. You reminded me Goldfinger. Oh yes. Did you see that video of them? Um, the one recently where, Oh, maybe I'm thinking of a different band. Hang on. They did Superman from the yes, Tony Hawk's okay. Pro Skater. Yes, yes, yes. So, so they just did a video, um, kind of a, a, a quarantine video about that. Or, oh, did they? I, you can bleep me out if I... If no, I, quarantine's, quarantine's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, and um, Mike from MXPX is in, is in it, which I didn't know he played with them any, right now. So. It's so Oops. funny to me when you see like these big like artists that I would consider really big having like 36,000 subs on YouTube and it's like, but they have like mm-hmm. millions of views on their videos yeah. sometimes. Like specifically I saw on Superman, they had 2.3 million, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not Ford Atlantic big on views, but. <laughs> well, that, but I think that what I would, and this is, we, this is, we can cut this out if you want to, but I think that goes back to the point. Like, I don't think bands are using YouTube properly as, as, as a hub for, for their world. They're just kind of throwing up music videos and, Doing stuff like, you know, that was the doing vlogs and, you know, having a place to connect with people. I, I think that, you know, they would have way more subscribers if they were had mm. some other kind of series that they could put up. That was easy to do and lo-fi. And anyway, yeah, I, I'm going to get off my, my, my <laughs> horse over here. <laughs> no, I think what you're doing is the right way to attack YouTube as a musical artist. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You yeah, wanna... gonna, will you tell YouTube? <laughs> you're, you're one of the few musical artists that I actually was willing to subscribe to. The biggest nice. problem is what I just I, I described this earlier. YouTube is an, exci- an encyclopedia. If you know how to search the index, you can find whatever you want. So people don't want to subscribe to a music channel necessarily. They just want to listen to the music every once in a while. Right. Yep. If you have a reason to keep coming back, like the vlog, it's an actual like piece of content I can look forward to every once in a while hearing. Then you subscribe to that. You don't YouTube is not a place where people usually subscribe to a one-off album or a musical artist one time, you know, and that's why what you were saying, I think Twitch is the right place to do live music and YouTube is the place for an index of your music. Agreed. I love that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good way to look at it. So anyways, um, do you guys have anything else you want to add to that? I can plug one more, one more band. Go ahead. Walk off the earth. Oh yes. They're awesome. I love Walk Off the Earth. 
they're the ones that do all the covers and stuff, but they also write their own music, right? Yes. I love the original music, and a lot of the covers I actually prefer to the original song. This one was I'm not amazing. Gonna say which ones. This one was amazing. I can't believe they, they did one. Oh, yeah. one, right? It might be, but they're good. Doing this song on one guitar was, I, I was just blown away. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, well, their music videos are so much fun to watch because they're always doing something weird like this, like, or they're playing on some weird instrument or, yeah. or something like that. Like, but, look up the, um, the Adele song cover. I don't remember. Um, Hello from the Other Side. Or just Hello, I guess, is the name of the song. I don't think I've seen that one. I might have to check that out later. Hello. And they're just doing it in the garage. And these guys are like, they use their zippers. Uh, for oh. part of the music, and then they also there's these thimbles on top where they actually are kicking it or cymbals, and uh, at the end like they they're talking to their neighbors because apparently their neighbors like walked up and started listening to their music <laughs> in the garage. It's great, and also looks like he's like in a baby outfit. I don't know what's going on, but <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine you found out like walk off the earth was your neighbor? Like these yeah, guys, are, what's awesome. going on? <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Um. Anyways. Uh, the one I heard from them first was actually Magic, their P.O.B. cover. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Uh, just out of curiosity, um, how many covers do you have on YouTube besides the uh, um, the one we talked about earlier, the Christmas one? Do you have a lot on there or not really? No, actually. And that is something that I have always wanted to do. Because uh, I just, you know, I think that's a... I think in, in some ways when we come back to... The, the whole point about discovery and stuff on YouTube and being a search engine, like you can, uh, that is whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so you cover covers can drive people there. But when you're, what you're talking about with your friend and the microwave stuff earlier, like you want to make sure that people understand that you're not a cover. You know what I mean? Like you don't want mm-hmm. them coming back for just covers and expecting covers because anyway, you guys just have to be really careful with that stuff. Cause I've seen people who are like, you know they'll get that one of their videos will blow up and then they keep doing that over and over again and they burn out quickly so who's this guy yeah that's me long time ago <laughs> that was my uh, i call that my beatles india phase uh, and then <laughs> i was that was i lived in alabama uh and that's my buddy elliot he lives in memphis now but we did like a house tour uh hmm. we drove around <laughs> It was fun. That was actually one of my favorite tours. Actually, he and I had a fun time. That was we actually. This is this. Sorry to. I'm gonna you, please Go cut ahead. all this out. Nope. But <laughs> that was the first place um, I kind of experimented with the idea of what later became the vlog, right? What became a vlog? But like we were, uh, we filmed a bunch of footage uh, and like on our cheap phones. And then all of a sudden, uh, we we went to we made enough money at, over the shows that I went and bought like a nice Canon um, HD camera, mm-hmm. and so like we started filming stuff on there. No idea where any of it went. <laughs> but, so, so that was we were we were documenting it all, and it's probably not. It probably the tape is probably destroyed already. <laughs> but yeah, that's fun. That was yeah. So besides. Goodbye Golden Age. There's another album, and it, the song actually it's on my iTunes. I can I can look it up, but um, I can't remember what the name of the other album you did was under the John Black name. But I found they people are selling these on eBay. If you didn't know, 
oh yes i know and this is there's a funny story behind that it's not me uh, but <laughs> one of them is a, a guy that i know and tim our bass player has been harassing him in the funniest troll way for like a, over a year <laughs> just like making just like just way undercutting him for like bidding on it and then he'll get it denied and then he'll like lower it by a nickel and like it's reset <laughs> <laughs> that for so long. And the guy selling is not going to listen to this. And so anyway, that's, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. It's drag ground though. I remember it now. It's called yeah. drag ground. Um, and my favorite song on that one is you are not alone. It's a really good song, by the way, you should Thank re-release you. it and put it somewhere where people can access it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some stuff with the, the old John black stuff. I think that it's been as, yeah, I've, I've revisited some of it recently and, and, and think that there's a place for it somehow. So excellent, cool. So my my last artist I'm recommending is John Black. Um, Don't anyways, watch out. <laughs> anyways, uh, so if anybody's got anything else to add, add it now. Mm. Bunch of people staring at the camera. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I want to thank John Black from Fort Atlantic. Fort, I can't pronounce any words right now. I want to okay. thank John Black from Fort Atlantic for coming on here and yes, you know, thank you so much. Yeah, I, thank you guys for having me. This has been a blast to sit and talk about things that I love talking about. And I don't, you know, I don't get to do this very often. Most of the time I'm talking to a four year old about not <laughs> jumping off of something. So yeah, this is great. <laughs> Children have no uh, respect for their own safety. <laughs> I know it's both beautiful and frightening. <laughs> As always, I'm Chris. I'm Will. Oh, I'm crap. hold on. Oh, I oh, was going to do it. <clears throat> get it. Get it. All right, go ahead. Let's start over. <laughs> Um, I'm still going to say, as always, I'm Chris, though. Okay. I did. I just said it. Oh, and I'm Will. I'm John. And we'll see you on the next Girlcast. Whoa. Bye.